welcome, you sons of flowers, to Respawn Aim Fire. You thought I was going to say bitches. Turns out I did, but it was censored, and this is the uncensored version. Welcome, you sons of bitches, to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where four lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Chad Michael Innes. We've got Holden DePardo over there. Hello. And we've got returning guest Trevor Bettis. Say hey, Also, Trevor. Hello. Oh, fuck me 30. Oh, and our fourth life on front is you. It's, yeah, you're listening. You're the fourth friend. Great. <laughs> we'll just brush over you. You know, whatever. Just kidding. I love you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. If you would like to, uh, if you find that joke hilarious and you want to support us on Respawn Aim Fire's Patreon at patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire, you can do that over on patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire for a dollar and you can get a bunch of cool shit and help us vote and uh, get cool wallpapers and shit. They are cool um, wallpapers. I totally forgot. That when Asa was a guest a couple of weeks ago, we started a new, um, a new interview thing where we interview our guests. And since you've never technically been like legit interviewed, I'm going to do this for you too on the fly. Okay. Are you ready for this, Whoa. Trevor? Yeah. This is a segment this. called "Read the Instruction Manual," and then you insert the guest's name. So this is "Read the Trevor Bettis Instruction Manual." Um, to find out a little bit more about you. I have three interview questions and some video game word associations I'll make up while you're answering those questions. All right. Number one, without mentioning video games, describe yourself. Uh, I am a writer, podcaster, and cool dude, maybe? Ooh. That's, that's accurate. That's accurate. What kind of writing do you do? Responding fire stamp of approval. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you're fired. God, fuck. Wait, I meant approved. That's oh, the stamp yeah. we wanted. What kind of writing do you do, Trevor? Um, so right now I'm writing an urban fantasy novel, uh, but I've written things like epic fantasies, uh, horror stories, wrote a script once. Meh. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of write whatever I'm feeling at the time, but I've been working on this novel for, oh God, since February. It should be done by now. But, you know, an office job didn't really let me do the writing I want. But now that I don't have that, fuck it. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, question number two. Tell us about your podcast. Uh, my podcast is Difficulty Class. It is a podcast all about all things Dungeons and & Dragons. And I'm one of the hosts alongside Allie Deichman, who's my sister-in-law. And we talk about mostly Dungeons & Dragons, but other tabletop role-playing games sometimes. And we are either just having conversations about stuff about D&D or, you know, giving our advice or our takes on certain rules or role-playing methods. And uh, we have a lot of fun. Oh, we also talk about Idle Champions a lot. <laughs> <laughs> idle Champions? What is that? It's it a sounds D silly. <laughs> it's a D&D idle game. <laughs> idle I-D-L-E or Idle I-D-O-L? Like Devin Sawa movie or like... <laughs> You uh, like like, like you are idling. You are not doing anything. It's one of those games where, like you set people to do stuff and then they just do it and you level them up occasionally and stuff like that. It's for some reason a shitload of fun for us and we, we love it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Question number two and a quarter. Did you see that Macaulay Culkin bought DevonSawa.com? What? <laughs> yep. No, that's amazing. <laughs> What's the site? Macaulay Culkin bought DevonSawa.com. You probably Devin have Sawa no is. idea who either one of those people are, do you? I know who Macaulay Culkin is. Devin Sawa was a teen heartthrob back in the 90s. He was in the first uh, Final in Destination movie and Final Idle Destination, Hands. Idle Hands, Wild America with JTT, oh, yeah, Jonathan yeah, Taylor yeah. Thomas. Wow, I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. The JTT. Mm -hmm. 
It's a whole new world for me. I don't even know about it. A whole new world. Question number two and a half. Do you remember <laughs> Anthem? <laughs> <laughs> Funny story about Anthem. I I pre-ordered the uh, the collector's edition, like the, the, the high-end deluxe edition of it. Mm-hmm. And oh, no. I was like, you know what? Because I, I, I did the, the uh, Xbox, you could play it a few days early, and I played it for about six hours and went... Mm, this is uh, it's not what I'm looking for. So I went to go cancel it, and the GameStop employee screwed up in canceling the pre-order and accidentally rang it up. And so a receipt popped out, and he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna you know refund it, and that you know it's just gonna be canceled. Don't worry about it." He's like, "But um, the code for all the deluxe edition stuff popped out, so just oh, go ahead and have man. that." <laughs> so if I ever do get Anthem, I've got a bunch of cool shit waiting for me. Oh, so you didn't even get the regular game at all? No, what I shit, still want to have it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I was going to... So that was the same question we asked Asa last time. Mm-hmm. And I was going to change it to another game that uh, came out and everyone just totally forgot about. But th- then I thought, no, you know what? Let's just leave it at Anthem and just make that a joke again. And I'm glad I like it. I think that'd be a great one for every person you interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like 10 years from now. Do you remember Anthem? <laughs> your interview, your interview, he's like, I'm 13 and play Fortnite still. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 13-year-olds on our podcast. I don't know. I'd probably go to jail for that. <laughs> okay, we're going to skip over that one. What's your next question, Chad? If Last we can make question. the movie Good Boys, we can have a 13 year old on this podcast. Have you seen that movie? I've um, heard it's good. LOL. Lots of laughs. Lots hmm. of laughs. Hmm. Especially in the first like half hour. And then like there's 10 minutes worth of laughs strewn out the last hour. I will oh, leave the person that does that uh, great reviews now. of movies. So. Um, oh, fuck, I never did my letterbox review. I'm going to do that and then I'll put it out. Then you will have heard of it. There, there we you go. go. There we go. And then the last question we have for you, tell me about someone who truly inspires you. Oh fuck. Uh see there I, I got I got this I got a struggle between this one because like I said, I'm a writer and podcaster. I'm I've been wanting to do podcasts for over ten years and I've wanted to and I've been writing for over ten years. So it kind of boils down between like the writer side is inspired by Brandon Sanderson, who does epic fantasies and is an amazing writer. I kind of think he might be a robot because he puts out too many books too quickly. <laughs> um, and then the podcasting side is Greg Miller. Like I've been listening to him since 2008 it, when I was in a parking lot in ocean beach. And I like everything I've ever wanted to do with a podcast is because of him. So the, I would say, you know, half and half between those two. Dope. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Uh, question number two and three and a half. We How are long getting did you live so in, in the a weeds. parking lot in Ocean Beach? Six years. <laughs> Six years you lived in that parking lot. I didn't live in it. No, I was a parking lot attendant, and uh, I, I was out there for six years. And then eventually, I, liter- I w- actually moved from being a parking lot attendant to the supervisor of the restaurant <laughs> in about two years <laughs> after that. That's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Ladies. He's married. That Ladies, he's married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while we were waiting there for you to finish answering those questions. <laughs> wow, <kidding>. thanks. <laughs> I'm so glad I answered them for you. <laughs> I came up with nine video game related word associations. And I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind oh, as I read all of these. I'm ready. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Turn-based. 
fun. Slime. Ugh. Cardboard. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Coin slot. Ah, <laughs> oh, nostalgia. Rumble pack. More nostalgia. That's two words, but fuck it. I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Z- lot of words. <laughs> ZR. Why? <laughs> Why not just make a whole new button? <laughs> it's so stupid. Lego games. Fun. Demo. Uh, Tester. Just testing it out. The show, The Tester. Yeah, sure. That was fun. Network. Yeah, that was a fun show. That was fun for like three episodes. Yeah. Uh, well, I last watched one. every season. <clears throat> Wire. Wireless. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I remember Bonus when, last one. Oh, hang on, real quick. I remember yeah. the first time I like got when I got the 360 and had the wireless controller. I would still occasionally do that phantom little whip where you tried to get more, oh uh, yeah, like, more of the wire to towards me. you yep. just so it wasn't pulling too hard. I would still <laughs> yeah. do that sometimes. Uh, last bonus round: anal piercing. <laughs> Fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> very Just, good very good no <laughs> uh, so that wraps up our read the instruction manual for trevor bettis thank you very much sir for taking part in that that was super duper fun if you skipped that instruction manual like you probably do on all your other technology i don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> no, the point of this segment is like this is when you were a kid, you go to the store, you buy your game, and on the ride home, you spend the 20 minutes just reading through everything oh, in the manual yeah. to get oh, to know Oh, dude, I took it. that shit to school with me. Oh, hell yeah. And drew all the pictures from it hell in your sketchbook. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the Ocarina of Time Prima Strategy Guide? And they had the picture of, like, Link and Zelda sitting down with their hands yep. on the grass. And the fa- I drew that, like, six times in school. Uh, for my friend and I, it was uh, Majora's Mask. We would always oh, fuck, draw yeah. um, the uh, God damn, fierce deity Link. That was our yes. favorite Yes, and he's like standing there with the sword like this. Yeah. Is Majora's Mask not the coolest fucking icon in video games? Dude, I I love Majora's Mask. I love it so much. There was, uh, I, I have alerts set up on Twitter for anything Mario tw- 64 tweets. Mm-hmm. So I get maybe 100 taps on my wrist every day saying, Warrior 64 yeah. tweeted, blah, blah, blah. And then like once every week it pays off for something really really great um he tweeted the other day a me uh legend of zelda majora's mask amiibo on pre-order for amazon and i was like what opened it up and it's link with a goron mask oh Majora's mask and i was like god damn it they fucked that up (laughs) yep Anyway, we're not talking about Majora's Mask today. We are talking about some really cool stuff from Sony as far as box art goes. We're talking about some sales charts that might surprise you. Number eight blew my mind. (laughs) 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 We've got a Nintendo Direct debriefing coming up. And Gears 5 impressions just around the corner. But first, we're going to start with our Sony Quest log. Talking about fucking Death Stranding again, you guys. Over an hour's worth of content for Death Stranding will be featured at TGS 2019, according oh, to wow. Dennis Patrick from Game Ranks. This includes 50 minutes, five zero minutes of content on September 12th and 30 minutes on September 14th. That's not necessarily gameplay footage, but that's a lot of Death Stranding. Um, I don't want any more Death Stranding. I'm done with Death Stranding, <laughs> uh, let alone an hour and a half of it. 
think Jerrica is going to disagree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious if they can overcome that really odd reveal at Gamescom. And 50 minutes alone is a, is enough to say, hey, that was just a small portion of what you saw earlier. Here's what the full game is like, and maybe that's going to amaze you. But if it's more peeing on mushrooms, I'm not going to be that thrilled. <laughs> oh, God. You I literally her. was sitting here like, what re- weird reveal was it? And then, yep, that's, yep, I forgot. I blocked that out. Yep. <laughs> you wrote down that wasn't the only weird thing. To... Shaking babies. There's Shake, all sorts of strange stuff. Shake and bake those babies. Oh. Shake is the wake and bake. <laughs> <laughs> what would you you wrote what would you have to what would have to be shown off to sway you back to being hyped? And I think the only thing is if they showed off some really fucking dope gameplay trailer of like Metal Gear Solid Five, you're calling down the lightning from the sky with your gauntlet and like shocking the shit out of people and like really awesome kick-ass gameplay. That's what they would have to show me because I'm tired of seeing cutscenes about shit I don't know about and don't care about with people who are fucking confusing as hell to me and I don't care about walking around and putting my ladder on mountains anymore. I'm done. I, for me, like, what I would need to see is, like, we've seen some gameplay about, like, what you're doing out in the world. Like, like you said, putting down ladders and swinging briefcases at people. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I need to see something in that moment-to-moment gameplay that I'm like, oh, this is this is what I want to do. I want to yeah. do this. Um, and, like, the, the world and the game itself is interesting to me. I mean, it's Hideo Kojima. Like, it's going to be weird. It's going to be different. And I want to see what that is. But I also want to have fun playing a game. Exactly. I want to have he, fun. He did say that there's going to be a very easy mode for people who don't play games and would rather just watch a movie. And at this point, I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, I, I'll watch a Hideo Kojima movie. That sounds fun. Basically, Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> My dad enjoyed watching me play that. Mm-hmm. The very and I easy enjoyed mode. watching me play that, too. Mm-hmm. The very easy mode thing makes me think, oh, there's probably going to be some sort of combat that we haven't seen that might spice it up and make it more interesting. Like, in the original, well, not the original, but in the trailer where they announced the release date, they showed off some really insane imagery of, like, the tanks that would, like, disappear into, like, yeah. the mist and stuff. Like, I want to see stuff like that where I'm like, oh, okay, this is what was missing from that Gamescom review. That part did not I forgot about that. Yeah, that part looked interesting to me it made me think of like if you guys ever played the darkness like the part where you go to hell it's basically world war one happening over and over and over again and that it made me think of that a lot and i that interests me but yeah the rest of it eh? isn't the darkness that game where you could like send out black snakes from your hands yeah it's super fun there was a (laughs) sequel too that i can't believe happened but it was really good (laughs) So that's coming. So are we, next wait, are we, so we've all written off Death Stranding at this point, all three of us? I don't want to say I've written it off. Like, there's a part of me that thinks I am going to buy it when it comes out just so I can have that water cooler moments of listening to podcasts or talking to other people about it. But there's another part of me that's like, do you want to risk that? Because you're probably not going <laughs> to like it. I mean, you did pre-order Anthem and regret it, and luckily was able to return <laughs> it. <laughs> That'll be the new one. A new guest interviews. Remember Death Stranding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but people are going to. Whether it's good or not, people are going to remember it. 
And then Trevor's just yeah. going to be like, yeah, you know, I went to GameStop and tried to return it, but he rang me up for it. But then he's like, listen, this baby in a glass bottle popped out of the receipt. Do you want to keep that? <laughs> and uh, now I have a child. His name's Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you have to shake it. You have to shake it. (laughs) Shake the baby. baby. It's a very appropriate thing to do. Shake the baby. (laughs) Not the mama. Not the mama. Well, moving on. There are some fucking dope new game art things for European people. Sony debuts collectible only on PlayStation game covers from Jordan Devore at Destructoid. These are for basically the 10 standout PlayStation exclusive games. And they're like illustrated with silhouettes of these games for horizon and god of war and spider-man uncharted if you aren't familiar go look it up it's only for european box art though but they are promising to make high-res versions of these printables so you uh, anywhere else in the world you can print them out and put them in your box as well well i just want them as posters the kicker for me is that it's like all of these amazing games uncharted 4 horizon zero dawn spider-man god of war and Wipeout. (laughs) (laughs) i did see that i was like well all right and now that i'm looking at this let me get this straight god of war has a higher rating like for for age than bloodborne yeah why is that god of war is 18 and up bloodborne is 16 up man they got some all right let's let's fucking party (laughs) maybe it's just because like god of war you know, in Bloodborne, you're just like you're just hacking away at shit, and there's not really animations of you like destroying people. But in God of War, you're like oh, ripping them open and like uh, that kind of shit. All right, that's a good point. Boom. But yeah, the, the, rationalizing these, these are these artworks are fucking stunning. I love yeah, them. the Shadow of the Colossus one. Yeah. Oh, oh, put it on my pussy. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> right, it's stunning. Yeah, uh, and the Spider-Man <laughs> one looks really good. Moving on from that one. <laughs> oh, put that spider they, on my pussy. God, they all it. look fantastic. And <laughs> you know you're going to be able to get poster versions of these. That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, Kiero. That's totally going to happen. Speaking of Kiero, if you want a PlayStation Classic, it's now only $20 <laughs> at GameStop, according to Alyssa James at DualShockers. It's been $20 a bunch of places over a bunch of months now. They're just trying to get rid of this shit. I uh, made Holden get one, so now he's going to get one, and we're going to put Metal Gear Solid on I, the list of games. That I also got one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was. It dropped. A, I, I always told my wife if it drops to twenty dollars on Amazon, I'm going to buy it. And then it showed up at the door one day, and she goes, "It dropped to twenty dollars, didn't it?" I went, "Yeah, it did." Yep. And <laughs> I tell you right now, this thing I could literally grab it without unplugging anything because it's not plugged into anything. <laughs> It's been sitting on my desk doing nothing. Well, like, it but was it really cool. I, I opened it up ones. and I'm like, oh, this is really nice packaging and like, like this looks really good. And then like I picked it up. And I'm like, this can't even be a paperweight. <laughs> right? It's like, so light. It's so empty. <laughs> I guarantee you it's just a raspberry pie with a plastic Oh, it's shell. 100% just a raspberry pie. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the easiest way to buy and play Metal Gear Solid, the first one right now. That so. is exactly why I bought it. Yep. And that's why I made Holden buy it, so we can put that on our barf list. Yep. What does barf stand for, Holden? As you drink your water, I'm going to drink water, too. Backlog accomplishments with Respawn and friends. Oh, man. What are we playing this month? This one we're playing near Automata. Oh, fuck. How can people go and vote for games that they want to see in it? So the end of every month, or towards the end of every month, you can go to patreon.com forward slash respawning fire. If you join the single tier that's there then you can vote for a game. The single tier. For all you married people, we have another tier for you, and it's called a key party. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Cost two dollars. I just want to point out that every game I've ever voted for on there has never been the barf. <laughs> Which just means that I have the complete opposite taste. Wait in a minute. Games from the rest Didn't of the, the very the very first month you wrote a comment that said Doom in all caps, right? And we ended up playing Doom. Yeah. Oh it's true. You didn't you might not have voted for it when it came around, but That's true. That's we true. played it. Speaking of playing this month's barf, which means game, you didn't vote for your own recommendation because <laughs> there was something. Thanks for doing like me. Fuck you that guys. 100% sounds else. like me. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna move on to playtime where I did play this month's barf game near Automata. I'm trying to get it done as fast as possible because we've got so much shit coming out this month, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish it. Speaking of finishing it, I am almost done with the first playthrough in about four hours. And wow. so that was really encouraging. I was like, cool. What a weird-ass game. We're going to move <laughs> on to I tr- I tried playing that game, and I, I it's not for me. Also, I like... I think it might be for me. I don't know. Apparently, like, endings B, C, D, and E that you play through, those five playthroughs, all, like, open everything up and blow your mind. So we'll see. Yeah. I, well, I... Nobody walked into the living room for like two hours while I was playing that, and then I finally died and found out what happens when you die, and of course that's the first time someone walked into the living room when I'm playing a girl in her panties with a giant sword, and I go, well, this is awkward. Um, so let me explain. When you die as this female Trevor? robot- What are you doing to her? When you die as this female robot, uh, she dies so hard her skirt flies off. Um... <laughs> And as I say that out loud, I'm ejecting the disc. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if you can say ejecting and that at the same time. Uh, and Control. We talked about Control last week and how fucking great it is and everyone should play it. And I was like, man, I'm going to go right now and get that Platinum Trophy. Ended up, I did get the Platinum Trophy. Congrats! It wasn't yeah. that night. I only stayed up till 1 a.m. that night or maybe it was 2. I don't remember. Time is a flat circle. And I was like, man, I got these two trophies are going to be a lot, lot, lot longer than I thought they were going to be. And then the next day, I beat them in like 10 minutes. So, Congrats. Got that flat. <laughs> and then um, Gears 5. Gears 5 came out. Technically, it's like early access mm-hmm. for anyone who bought the Ultimate Edition bundle and anyone who has Game Pass Ultimate Edition. Not regular Game Pass, but Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, so it is out now for you. Everyone else comes out on Tuesday, the day you're listening to this, because I know you all listen on day one. I see the download numbers. <laughs> and uh, Gears 5 could be a great game if we were able to play it. Oh, really? <laughs> Friday night, Tom and I so Tom and I were going to just binge the whole thing Friday and Saturday. And we sit down on Friday night. He gets home from work, and Xbox Live is just down across the board. Mm, that's right fucking sucked the whole night and then finally around like 10 p.m which is midnight his time it came back up god damn it all right so we're not playing gears that night and then saturday we get on at uh eight my time 10 a.m his time and we play the whole day but about every 30 to 45 minutes something happens where he gets kicked out of the game or the game just gets like completely cut off and they're having server issues all day and it wouldn't be and then I have to invite him back to the to the game, invite him back to the party. He comes, he joins back in. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It takes two or three invites. Sometimes we just have to take a break. But it wouldn't be so, so bad if the loading times weren't so long between each of these segments. Like when he gets kicked to the game, he gets kicked to the main menu. And then there's a loading screen to get you into the campaign. And then there's a loading screen to get him to accept my invitation. And then there's a loading screen for him to try to join my game. 
And then once he successfully joined my game, he's got to load into my game. Fuck. And oftentimes, <laughs> when it would fail, it would fail as he's loading into my game, that last oh, step. Oh, my God. So it has been frustrating as hell trying to play through this, this campaign. Is this something that people in line are... Uh, so, as well i yeah. know the i know the outage has been a thing but is that just yeah, his so internet connection now or is I, that I was like finally Xbox last Live? night as it was happening and we were just about to give up i went to twitter and i was like is this happening to anybody else because we were like troubleshooting trying to restart our systems i was like i'm plugged into ethernet and he's like my internet's totally fine and we were still talking so we knew our internet wasn't the issue mm-hmm. um but i went online and everyone's having these server issues everyone's getting mm-hmm. kicked out of games even the single player the way that it saves and registers checkpoints is all online based as well. So if your connection to the servers goes down and you hit a checkpoint and people are getting like entire chapters done and then they die and it never registered that checkpoint with the cloud and they get warped back a half oh, hour, hours man. worth of progress gone. That's oh. a mess. Yeah. Wow. But there will be there's just so many times where we're sitting there and we're shooting and then Tom is like I'm not sure if I'm still in your game or not because you're just standing still on the screen. I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, all right, we might bump back in. And then we go and about five minutes later, he finally gets kicked. Or there's times where we're both shooting, but it's AI in his game for me and he's AI in my game for me. And then finally we get kicked and then all that progress that we made while it was AI is fucked. So it's frustrating as hell. But the game itself is fun enough that we're sticking through it and we are on literally the last chapter of like... I think there's like 15 or 16 chapters. We're on the last one right now. And as soon as we finish recording this podcast, we're going to go beat it. Nice. It is. It's fun. It's fun as hell. It is the best Gears game I've ever played, but I've only ever played with disclaimer one and two. He's played one, two, and three. Neither of us have played four, but uh, we're having a ton of fun with it. There are a lot of really great new additions to it. There's um, this robot named Jack that follows you around. I think he was in number four as well. But it adds a lot of cool elements to the gameplay where you can upgrade him to do cool things while you're on the battlefield. Like he can temporarily put a shield on you and then you can upgrade that ability so that that shield will immediately revive you if you're knocked out on the battlefield. Uh, Or he can uh, shoot electric lasers at people or give you like uh, all sorts of different effects. Uh, So that's really cool. And it lets you use those things on command. You can take over enemies with it. There are really interesting things that it does with the asynchronous not asynchronous but like there are things happening in my game that tom can't see like for instance the main character we've all seen the trailers the main character kate that you play Mm as uh she's having these headaches these episodes where she's like mentally struggling and battling something and there are times for the games before you get to take control of her where you just see her walking back she's just like ah and she has a headache for about like 10 seconds and then she's fine she's like no i'm fine let's keep going and then once you finally get to play as her, I get to see. This is kind of like what we were seeing in uh, Man of Medan, where I get I to see something happening that. in my screen. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm seeing this vision, and this woman's talking to me. You guys are shouting things at me. And he's like, on my game, you're literally just standing there having a headache. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I'm filling him in on all these things crazy. that are happening. Uh, so that's a really cool little idea and side thing. It, I wish they would have done more with that. We're almost at the very end of the game, and I don't think that's going to wrap up in any kind of significant way. But the mechanics are fun. The boss battles are really fun. The new enemy types and stuff like that. It's it's a really, really good first-person shooter with really tight mechanics, and I'm having a great time with it. Wasn't it third-person? Yes, it is. sorry, third-person yeah. cover-based shooter. Um, it's a really great 
really great time. I think it is, is this first the person best... you're playing as God pulling the strings on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it is the first Microsoft game in a long time that I will recommend to people. Did you play four? I did not play four. No. Okay, so you could go into this game fresh. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can go to this game without okay. having played any of the others. Because okay, my wife and I might do that. Like a Gears of War game, you don't really need to know what's going on. Like, we get to the end of the first act, and something we launch a rocket. I won't tell you why or what, but we launch a rocket. I was like, cool, all right, we launched the rocket. Or the locket, the rocket launch. And then at the end of it, during the cutscene, I asked Tom, Tom, wh- why were we launching that rocket? Wait, did the launch it? Did it launch? And we were supposed to stop it, and this is a bad thing, or did we launch the rocket? And we're like, I don't know. I don't care. We're just having fun shooting things. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of story. Okay. Uh, so there is a light thread that you can go through. And there's enough of, at the beginning. There's like a previously on Gears. And it takes you basically through the story all of Gears of War 4. Mm-hmm. And, and then I watched like an 18-minute thing on the history of the whole franchise on YouTube. But I feel like none of that's really come into play anyway. So, um yeah, you can absolutely jump into this fresh. It's a great entry point for anyone. I haven't played any of the multiplayer stuff, like the new Horde mode mm-hmm. and the escape mode. That seems to be really fun, but I don't know if I will unless somebody else out there has it and wants to play it. So yeah, Gears 5, I recommend to people. It's fun. Maybe wait a couple of days until the servers calm down. Mm-hmm. That makes me kind of really upset, though, especially if we think about like Project X Cloud and Stadia. Yeah. When this is where your game is running, if they can't get this, this is early access. So this is not everybody playing the game. Mm-hmm. This is just people who have Game Pass. Granted, Game Pass Ultimate is two dollars for two months right now, um, so a lot of people have it. I, yeah, that makes me concerned Still for when though, Stadia launches like it, in two months. It's not. It's not as much as what are going to be coming at those Stadia servers on day one. Yeah, although they can control that because you only have access to Stadia if you have the Founders Pack. And there's a finite number of those, so they know exactly how many people to prepare for at launch. Mm, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. Well, that's it. That's all I played. Okay. Holden, well, Holden, I, uh, you played nothing. I've been playing some shit because it doesn't look like Holden has. No. Holden I started school crying. this week. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Who's uh, your well, teacher? Well... <laughs> Did you get no. them a shiny red apple? I did. Oh, if you got them a, a red delicious apple, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> red delicious apples are the fucking worst. It's true. I eat honey crisp. It's good right. apple. Uh, so good apple. I downloaded the Super Nintendo uh, suite of games for the Nintendo oh, Online. Spoilers yeah, I, for an upcoming segment, but tell me more. Tell me um, more. I'd like to see I did that like the moment it went live, and I started instantly playing Super Metroid. Yes. <laughs> like, I hadn't even finished editing my podcast yet, and I'm like, no, I gotta play this real quick. I'll, I'll get it done later. <laughs> <laughs> when did it end up going up? Because I had this opportunity, like, oh, I can play something right now. I want to go play the SNES games, and I could not figure out how to do it. It because it hadn't gone up yet. It, went up it late. didn't go live until 2 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. It's like 5 p.m. for me. Yeah. That's late. Yeah. It was a little weird that they waited that late into the day to do it, but yeah. they're Nintendo. They just drop whenever they want. They but, usually uh, do midnight, though, which is what why I was confused. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's usually uh, it's like 9 a.m. my time, but they're like, oh, no, we'll just, you know, we'll wait. We got all 20 of them in there. Yeah, people will play it. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, but Have yeah, you played I, Super Metroid before? Oh, yeah. I love, Metroid oh, yeah. is 
one of my top three favorite Nintendo games. Uh, I still Did you got play stuck along with in... us for Barf. Uh, that was before I think I started listening. Was it? Yeah, oh was my like, god! Yeah. Well, once you're done playing it, that you was can go like back our and to a barf second episode. or that was our first Barf. Time's a flat circle. I don't understand when anyone started listening to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you listen We're to one of our shows, you must listen to all of them. Yeah. Almost three years old, but like 80% of our podcast listeners have only been with us since January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's cray-cray. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I played that, uh, hopped around on some of the other ones, played Super Mario World for a while just because it's Super Mario World and it's great. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played any of the Otter ones like was that that racing <laughs> vx fx Sorry, game you said otter and i was like there's a what are you talking about an otter game like oh, i would I'm play an otter, an otter game otter. hey uh, echo was Sun a great race game sunrise sunrise fx is my fucking jam all right well it is my jam as a kid we used to have that apparently i was listening to maybe it was kind of funny games daily with uh imran khan and whoever uh Jamie, other game informer other, guy the other person. yeah the other game informer person um and they were talking about how they were surprised that since this is the first time that's ever been re-released anywhere outside of the, the super nintendo and they were surprised because they've had difficulty apparently with the fx chip on snes emulating yep. that anywhere and that this is proof that they finally got it working on super on the switch and i was like that's really interesting mm-hmm. and the fact that that whatever they're doing in stunt race fx is so critical to that fx chip because it looks like a trash game. <laughs> it does look like a trash game. But I remember it being so fun. Um, but yeah, so that that's been fun. I'm I'm so excited to have Super Nintendo games on my Switch. I'm just I'm so elated. It's about uh, time. Yeah. The other thing I'm happy to have on my Switch that I've been playing finally is Deadly Premonition. Mm, tell me about this game. Oh I, my no, god, it is such Deadly a premonition. It is a garbage can on fire, and I love it. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Do either have, do either of you like Twin Peaks? I've never seen Twin it. Peaks, but I, w- I want to watch it. Is it okay. like really hokey on purpose? So Twin Peaks is a weird fucking show that's basically a soap opera mixed with just impressionist art, <laughs> and I I fell in love with it a few years ago, and. All I started hearing about afterwards, like, you gotta play this game, Deadly Premonition. It's like a love letter to Twin Peaks and even weirder. Uh, and also terrible. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you gotta so, this game. It's terrible. So when it got announced for Switch, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna get it. It was way more than I should have paid for, but I did it anyways because I wanted to play it. And yeah, here, let me give you an example. So the opening cutscene. Main character's driving on a road, he swerves really fast not to hit someone, goes off the road, running down this, like, hillside, and there's these two squirrels, and they look up at his headlights, and they jump out of the way, and all you hear is a monkey noise, just, (laughs) as these squirrels leap out of the way, and I just went, did you not have a squirrel sound ready? Did you just, did you just think no one was going to notice? And if so, why did you make that the loudest thing in the scene? <laughs> have you ever but heard like, a squirrel noise, though? It's like chipping sounds. I don't know. Chipping well, that's that's, that's chipmunks, though. I don't think squirrels make noises. You know what? They, they, make, <laughs> they make no sound. They are, they're mute. They make it's all a mute noises. species. <laughs> you hear them at night in their raves and dance clubs. Um, Get out. And, but the game itself is just... the. The dialogue is so weird. The voice acting, I don't know what their direction was. I think it was just, sound like cardboard. <laughs> no, no, more like, imagine you're a standee. 
All right, that, all right, that was good. Perfect, perfect. All right, uh, but I can't help but love this game. <laughs> like, is it I, like the room where like it's so bad it's good? Like, sort of, but it, it it is it's better than the room because there's actually been a few times in the story where I'm like, oh, oh, that's really cool. I like that. Instead of just why are they throwing a football again? Um, <laughs> that was a pivotal. Remember when a twist when Mark shaves and he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I love the room. It's so terrible. But it's no, like, amazing. I've like seen the, like a dozen times. <laughs> and this this game does have combat in it. Like eventually spooky stuff comes out. Like it's like, hey, you really like Twin Peaks. Well, here's some weird stuff and some hooky dialogue. Now it's Silent Hill. <laughs> I like and, Silent uh, Hill, I think. And they're like and I'm like, cool, Silent Hill, Survival Horror. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, Survival Horror. You have unlimited bullets. <laughs> so I could just shoot for days. Yeah, fuck it. We'll give you more points if you get hitting them in the head. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's different, but it's fun. I can't stop playing it. I I love it. Um, then the last thing that I'm playing since uh since I'm no longer at that office job that takes up all my time and sucks my soul. Uh, I got back on my Destiny shit, so that could suck oh, my soul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been been I've been playing that and doing quests and having fun and. Also, at the same time, going like Bungie, why are you doing this? What why you are you like doing level? this? <laughs> but I, I love that game. I'm always, I, I, I have times where I'm just like, oh, I'm not gonna play Destiny anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm not gonna do it anymore. And then I get right back on it. Like I didn't say that. My life can't support uh, an ongoing game of service game. But if it could, God, it would be Destiny. Too. Well, that's something that I'm excited about. They announced recently that they're going to do a battle pass with Shadow Keep. And at first that left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, "Oh, why are you doing that? That just sounds like you're, you know, getting trying to get money where you can." But then they described it. They were like, "This isn't going to require you to do any in-game activities. It's just whenever you do enough XP to rank up, you rank up and get stuff. So you don't have to go in and do the raid or do that. You can just hop on and kill some stuff and have some fun and still get shit for it. I'm like, that totally speaks to me. That's how I want to play this game. I don't care about doing raids. I don't care about crucible. I just want to hop on with my friends and run strikes for like an hour. Yeah. And now we still get to do that and have cool shit. Nice. God, I'm so jealous. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of jealous, you guys jealous of Bioware's failures recently? Not me. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our fetch quest, Bioware teases several big projects are in the works from Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. Great. Uh the figures for Mass Effect. They basically already said it. So I'm just We know excited. one of those is Dragon Age. And we know mm. that that's been scrapped and restarted, so Oh god. We'll see. That Next Schreier article just made me so nervous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> CD Projekt Red comments on when multiplayer will be ready for Cyberpunk 2077. Also from Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. Spoilers, it's not for a while, although it is finally confirmed that it's coming. Yes. They're, they're going to do some single-player DLC after the game comes out, and then something else, and then they're going to do multiplayer. Right, exactly. So they're going hmm. to have their single-player game, their DLCs for free, something else, and then eventually multiplayer comes out. Then Team Rocket event pays off for Pokemon Go from Matthew Handrahan at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, Pokemon Go made the most money in one month last month than it, I think, has since it launched, right? Yeah, so the first three months were its biggest months, and this is the biggest month 
It's the fourth biggest month, basically. Wow. So it's the yeah. first three months are the biggest, and then this month. What's so. interesting, though, is that they didn't get any money from me last month, but they got $30 from me this month because Unknown is only available for one week to hatch from 10K eggs, so you best bet I was buying them fucking super incubators <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> and I got two Unknown, bitches! Oh, yeah! <laughs> yes, I was money so... Money well spent. Unknown debuted. You go for all 26 of them? No, 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 no. I just needed one, <laughs> and I needed it to be the amazing version of it, which is now just a three-star version. Uh, Unknown debuted at the Chicago Pokemon Go Fest, but you couldn't get in Pokemon Go Fest and catch Unknown unless you had a ticket, and the tickets were sold out in like a half a second. So I was there, walking around the rest of the city, not catching any Unknown, but now I got one, and that was like two years ago. Fuck yeah, Ikumi! Nakamura, speaking of not as fun, the cheery director from E3 2019 <laughs> leaves Ghostwire Tokyo Studio from Eric Van Allen at US Gamer. Um, this is an interesting one because she's leaving the studio, says, hey, time is up, moving on to other things. And then the last line is, if anyone wants to work with me, let me know. So it's not yeah. like she has something lined up already. Oof. She would, she says in her LinkedIn page, it's freelance. And I'm like, why would you go from like, oh, I'm doing well in this company, clearly, because she hosted the game or presented the game at E3 to wanting to do freelance suddenly? I don't know. It seems yep. strange. So give her a it, call, guys. It makes then, me sad because I, I absolutely loved her at E3. <laughs> yeah, she's great. And what's weird is that it seems like this is like, it doesn't seem like they're pushing her out. This seems like her choice. Hmm. I'm choosing yeah. to leave this company right now. Or it could be one of those things of, you did some fucked up shit in the company, you need to resign. <laughs> or maybe it's like, Nobody noticed that I fucked up all this shit. Better leave before they do. <laughs> <laughs> I think the positive look at it is she probably got a lot more attention after E3 than she's ever had in her career in terms of people reaching out to her. That she's yeah. like, oh, I can probably just do freelance work now. Hot. That's, that, hot. that's like my positive spin on the story. I don't know anything else, but... Speaking of free, I'll go see this movie if it's free. Kill List Ben Wheatley directing Tomb Raider movie sequel for 2021 release from Chris Moyes at Destructoid. Wheatley also made that delightful movie high rise that no one saw i um, uh i liked tomb raider I, it wasn't great i did too nope. thought it was but dumb. it was fun thought it was, it was fun, fun. Yeah. it was fun and then the yeah, best was... goddamn thing on here so far celeste's chapter 9 dlc will be available on september 9th that is so close <gasps> peter glagowski from destructoid tells us this and there are, I think they said, 40 new music tracks for this. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so excited. I went but through I don't a phase where I just listened to Celeste every single day mm-hmm. for like a month, and I can't fucking wait to see this. That game By is a By the time you listen to this, it'll be out. That's true. If you're listening to this right now, fucking stop it. Delete it. Unsubscribe <laughs> from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go back, take out your Patreon pledge, oh take that money, God. rip it up, and then listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> take a dollar out of your wallet, tear it in half. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our third-party quest log, where we talk about quests from third parties in a log fashion. Man of Medan sales, <laughs> sales put... The, sometimes I just tickle myself. Did you laugh at yourself for saying log? <laughs> I did. I, I, did. I fucking knew it. <laughs> child in a log fashion log log oh man man of a dance sales put the game atop emeaa chart for anyone who doesn't know that's the european mediterranean eat ass all of you 
chart. Fucking a. I knew you were just going to give up <laughs> no, halfway it, let's, through. Let's, let's give the official information. It's Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Asia. Just Nailed so it. we have the, the real information there. To be clear, all of them eat ass in a good oh way. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't eat ass, you're disgusting. This comes from Zarmina Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Interestingly enough, it topped both Control and Astral Chain. Um even after it came out after Control, which is super cool. So it was uh, almost a week later. The official ranking is, drumroll please, The Dark Pictures, Man in Medan at number one. Grand Theft Auto 5, fucking still there at two. Wow. Astral Chain comes in at number three. Control is number four. Five is Wreckfest, whatever the fuck that is. Must be something like Cricket. Super Mario Maker 2 at number 6. <laughs> number 7 is Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. 8 is Marvel's Spider-Man. 9 is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And 10, FIFA 19. Again, that was for Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Asia. And again, they all eat ass. <laughs> um, I'm glad that this is selling well because we really liked it. We enjoyed yeah. it. But it wasn't doing well critically. I didn't even read the reviews for it at all before we did... Our um our impressions of it. So when you mm-hmm. told me it didn't review well, like I was actually really surprised. So I'm yeah. glad to see it's doing well commercially because that means we can keep seeing these games. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity to play it online co-op. It's dope. I saw Jerrica and yeah. her friend were doing it. Not like sexually, although they might eat ass. Oh I don't know. God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus it is. It's such a good thing this podcast isn't owned by a company. <laughs> the kick-ass, this, irreverent. This would be podcast. the last episode. <laughs> it wouldn't be that. It'd be Chad's replaced. <laughs> they have a new host coming yeah. in. No, let's be honest. We would have been kicked off a year ago when I mentioned Holden watching child porn on his Switch for the first time. Uh, I'm several times. <laughs> I on that here. was the first time. <laughs> I said, Holden loves Switch so much he'll get anything on it, even if they put child porn on it. Oh my god! He did say he did. He said it on multiple occasions, and I, I denounced it every time. <laughs> denounced past tense. He didn't denounce it this time. Trevor, how would you describe <laughs> Respawn Aim Fire? It's like if Kind of Funny Games Daily and the Comedy Button were smashed together. <laughs> I haven't listened to the Comedy Button, but I like smashing. Oh, Next up, Tim Schaefer <laughs> says Double Fine Presents may shut down, but it'll live on in spirit. This is from Brett Makadonsky at Destructoid. Double Fine, so they had a publishing branch, uh, and now that they are acquired by Microsoft, they're kind of like, well, I don't I don't know how this is going to work, because we can't publish while we're also owned by another publisher. Tim Schaefer says, quote, from a business sense, I don't know if it structurally makes sense to have a publisher within another publisher. It's a complicated issue. So this could be a loss for the indie game community because they used to support a lot of indie game titles under the Double Fine Presents banner, which is uh, kind of a loss. But they, Tim Schafer thinks they can still do Day of the Devs, which is a free event where 70 to 80 games can uh, get highlighted and the creators can meet with the rest of the community. So it uh, sounds like it's all kind of in limbo and they're not quite sure where that's headed, but I wouldn't count on that existing after this message from our sponsor. They just pulled out. They just pulled out from the previous statements on this episode. Yes, we uh, lost our sponsorship due to uh, mentioning everything we've mentioned so far today. That sponsorship, our own Patreon, our own Patreon abandoned (laughs) us. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, they were doing as we instructed. (laughs) So I think what surprised me about this is I feel like this detail would have been worked out. Yeah, that surprised me that 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 wasn't part of like the negotiations. Yeah, of Microsoft buying them. I also feel like it just why not just have another like subsidiary for just indies that they use? 
Because they already got ID and Xbox. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's actually probably those people why. At ID Xbox. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know, bro. But you know what I do know? There's one more quest log in here. ID software. ID software, sorry. I was thinking ID at Xbox is on the brain. What a fucking idiot. Might as well just go take my eyelids and staple them open. ID Software co-founder talks games industry crunch from Zarmi Nakan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, Hold on. I'm going to let you read through this one because I saw that there was a clip I should have watched and I didn't watch it. So I didn't read the rest of it. So tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) So John Carmack was on the Joe Rogan podcast like about a week ago, actually. And it was two and a half hours long. It was super long. I didn't actually watch the whole thing for myself. But he does talk about... His kind of thoughts on, as he put it, uh, overtime and people working longer hours. He didn't use the term crunch. Basically saying that he doesn't think that laws can stop it from happening because there's always going to be people who are passionate and want to stay and work longer. But his kind of bigger concern is that you have these companies like Apple, Facebook, and Google where d- programmers make more money than they usually do at game studios. And at game studios, y- you're you're kind of forced into working harder just because of the scope of the project whereas you know a and he this i'm kind of implying on this here whereas like you know at, at let's say apple for example they make ios if you're working in ios you're consistently always working in ios so if like a feature's not working out you can just say we're going to hold it off to ios 13.1 or 13.2 or we'll wait for ios 14 whereas a game that's the game it's coming out september 25th we got to get it out that day and it just has a different um, well, you know, they've always got the day one yeah. patch and then the two weeks later patch to fix everything that should have been fixed in the day one patch. And then, you know, like the yeah. Anthem six months later update where the actual game gets debuted. And yes. then Anthem never is up to snuff. Yeah. The reason I, I included this in here is more that it seems like he's saying he's okay with crunch. And what he specifically says is, I'm okay with people making it their own personal initiative to say, hey, I want to figure this out on my own. I want to to work on this. Because it's I care about this. What he's not for is companies mandating it, which I, I think is fair. Yeah. Trevor, do you disagree? No. If you do, um, you're wrong. Well, the the him saying like I don't think a laws or anything like that would do anything about. It. I've worked for companies where, like, if you did any work and you weren't on the clock, there were repercussions. So I disagree with that heavily that I'm like, no, you could totally make that a thing that it's very frowned upon you working when you're not supposed to be and Mm -hmm. taking the time off that you are required to take. That's kind of just say like, oh, no, I I think they'll do it anyways. It's like, well, you're not even trying. (laughs) Yeah, I think what he's more saying is, and I, I think I wrote it wrong, is it's not the optimal solution. Mm. Because you are, some people are going to want to work those hours. I, I, yeah, I, I won't disagree. That. I'm, when... I'm sure that there are some people that are like, "No, I want to get this done. I don't care what it yeah. takes." Um, but whatever it takes, whatever it takes. <laughs> it's it, the crunch. Crunch is a is a tough topic. Like I don't it's think really it, tough, yeah. it, it's not a good thing at all. These people are getting mm-hmm. burnt out b- before they're even in their 30s and crap like that, and. Mm-hmm. Something needs to get done about it. I'm not the guy that's going to fix it, but I'm going to be the one that says, no, we need to do something, though. Someone needs to come up with something. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a line between, hey, uh, that 
tree, I need to make sure that the light reflects off it just right. So I'm going to like put it in an extra like hour or two today just to kind of like get something I want done on that. Versus we heard like Naughty Dog or QA testers had to work 24 hour shifts. Like yeah. obviously that's like that needs to be handled and yeah. needs to be taken care of. It's just like where is the solution? Who's responsible for resolving it? Is it the per company? Is it a you know, larger government? Um, uh, organization that has to handle it is it a union like there's so many different like ways well, of approaching it, it if you ask jason schreier it is unionization and i'm not going to say he's wrong but i i think it's gonna unionizing is gonna be a uphill battle regardless and i don't know mm. if it's the correct answer but it's it's an it's an answer yeah we've talked about this before on the podcast but i, I just wanted to highlight bungie as an example where they have made it an initiative to say we are not having crunch. There's no mandated work hours. And there's also, um, they also worked really hard to reduce pressures on people to feel like they had to work extra hours, even if it was not mandated. You just kind of socially felt pressured to do it within the company. Um, and they've done tremendous work with that. They're completely crunch free. And you see a lot of studios now who are making mm-hmm. that promise well it's so, good that I mean, bungie uh, didn't apply that pressure because god knows their community does it for them <laughs> 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 you go look at the destiny subreddit that it, that place is a garbage can on fire as well <laughs> <laughs> um but i think that he's kind of just pointing that this is a passion industry this is an artistic industry and it's just gonna be yep. really hard to tell someone i know you want to make this game better but legally you can't and and, and i get that like i I'm over here saying like, oh, you know, people aren't going to want to do that. But yeah, you're right. These people are artists. They're doing their art. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm the same guy that's contemplating doing a 24-hour writing marathon. And like, oh, no, that sounds like it's fun. I'll just write for 24 (laughs) hours. Yeah, that's fun. I won't sleep. (laughs) As long as no one asks me to do anything for the next two days after that. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) And John Carmack has a great quote in here where he specifically says it's not – and I'm paraphrasing here. But it's like it's not so much work-life balance for these people. It's life balance for these people. They want – to work on this because it's part of their life mm-hmm. it's not so much a work-life balance the work is their life yeah yeah so interesting i thought that was an interesting perspective and i just want to make sure because i feel like people are talking about it in terms of saying he's totally down with crunch i'm like ah not exactly what he said he not exactly what he said people on the internet took stuff out of context what are you talking about holden that's, i know it's that's ridiculous it's incredible oh my god <laughs> are you guys joking just kidding moving on to our quest log for nintendo we've got a few things in here we'll talk don't worry don't worry we'll talk about the nintendo direct after this i'm ready for it but before we do we have a couple of things we want to mention first of all uh damien mcferrin wrote a feature at nintendo life that is basically saying he went back and listened to me several weeks ago pitch the same question and come up with the same answer and he's like i'm gonna write a feature and claim that for myself (laughs) give me money Uh, so quoted from Elijah Freeman, VP of Games Division at Virtuous, ported L.A. Noir and Starlink and Final Fantasy X and X2 to Switch, uh, and Richard Ledbetter of Digital Foundry. This is uh, basically the, the thing says – did I read the title of this? No, you I don't did. think I read you the title. The, the title of this is where does Nintendo Switch fit in the PS5 and the Xbox Project Scarlet next-gen war? This is something that I brought up too. It's like this came yeah. out mid-generation. Now that they are taking a leap – Developers aren't going to want to make their games for a much lesser system now. So where does this fit I in? I think this is also a main quest of ours a few weeks ago. Right, exactly. And I brought yeah. it up, and I pitched this solution, or what I think will happen <laughs> as well. And uh, somebody just fucking plagiarized it. So basically, 
what Damien is saying that I said is rather than graphical differences making porting games from next generation consoles to Switch difficult, the storage will be a bigger hurdle. The Switch storage already is a little bit slower than the hardware-based HDDs that are in the hard disk drives that are in consoles now. And with the upgrade to the solid-state drives, it's going to make that even the more apparent. Super solid-state drives. Super solid state drives. SSSSDs. SSSDs. And then, surprisingly, like content will still be kind of scalable because graphics are scalable as they go from like super like mud, dirt, cardboard graphics to like super high end 4K HDR graphics. Doom is a good example of this. Doom exactly is a good example of this. And then, rather than seeing ports of those games, the Switch, as Damien thinks, I believe, will fit in. It's more likely that the Switch will get unique AAA third-party titles of familiar IP thanks to its large install base. So we'll see more things like Mario Rabbids, and we'll see like Switch-specific things made from these companies because they're investing in that install base that already exists, rather than taking the groundbreaking content, cutting-edge stuff from PS5 and Xbox and trying to make it run on a Switch. I, I agree, Damien. You're a brilliant man. I, I agree with that, but I, I think there's another way of wording it. Um, the, I think the easy answer is it doesn't fit into that war because the same way the Nintendo DS didn't fit into the 360 and PS3 war. Like, Mm. oh, interesting. It, the the switch, the, the switch, like, yeah, it's a home console, but it's also like a portable. That's what Nintendo was banking on was that they, no matter what could always be like, oh, well, why don't you have the best graphics on it? Oh, well, it's a portable, too. Oh, okay, well, I guess that works. And that was the same thing with, like, the DS, where it's just like, hey, we have a handheld that has, like, N64 graphics on it. And in 2004, people were like, that's amazing. And so when they angle it more as, look at what this handheld can do instead of look at what this home console can do. And especially with the the Switch Lite that's coming out in a few days, that I think is the angle they're going to be going for more often. And so yeah. instead of companies being like, oh, well, we're going to put the new Call of Duty on here. Instead, they're going to be like, oh, well, we got to get something on the Switch because it's selling really well. Um, screw it. Get Modern Warfare 2 on there. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just giving an example. Like they're, yeah. They'll go back and put stuff on there because they want stuff to sell on Switch. Mm-hmm. Just like right. what they were similarly doing with... The DS, though, hopefully they make better things than Splinter Cell Chaos Theory for the Nintendo DS. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a winner I, right there. I think I think it will play out well. I think uh, to build off your your point and something that you know, go back to our main quest from a few weeks ago. The handhelds are a much more reliable business for Nintendo. There's not been a handheld that wasn't successful. Consoles, however, have is it's, it's a rough terrain. Yep, it's not as smooth. Uh, the Switch is successful because it's a server, but it's a handheld. And they can kind of fall back on that. And it just it's a way for them to be on the sidelines to do their own thing and not really have to worry about it. But I do think that they're going to get higher quality games because I think that they've seen that if a game comes out on across all the systems, people will play it on the Switch first. Oh, people yeah. People want to play high quality games on the Switch. Um, so like Indies, of course, will always have a home, but there is an incentive to say, hey, if we put this game out on, if we make a unique experience based on a AAA franchise, like we'll make a Splinter Cell game or something like that that's tailored for the Switch, random hypothetical, mm-hmm. they know, they can feel comfortable that's going to sell well because people love to play on their Switch. That's been proven already. Yeah. I concur, doctors. Very, very good. Doctor? <laughs> we, Doctor. We have a PhD in Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hard dick. <laughs> Next up. Oh my god. 
Hal Laboratory is recruiting staff for a new Kirby project. This is from just one one name, Sato. Yes, Sato. Silicon Era. This is not apparently the free to start game that was announced during the direct this week, and it is seeking programmers and designers looking for an immersive working environment, allowing them to focus on quote small details. Immersive. Do you think that means that they're actually building a Kirby Streamland and they're going to be working in the wispy woods? Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, that's oh, all that could shit. mean. I'm not and even reading into that too hard. That's exactly what I thought. That no one else could go into. <laughs> <laughs> finally, Nintendo announces some sort of Switch fitness thing. This is from Jason Treyer at Kotaku. So it was a, a one-ish minute teaser with more information coming Thursday. And a uh, little-known fact about it is that what was depicted in the trailer, the little like black ring thing, is not actually the peripheral that's coming with it. It's for a game called Nintendo Trash. <laughs> <laughs> and they, went, they had Labo where you just have cardboard and you fold it into specific things. But now they're just like, listen, there's no barrier to entry. Just go to your trash can. Find an old bike tire. Find Take a newspaper. Off, punch a hole in it. Strap a Joy-Con to it. And just swing it around. Put your Joy-Con in a banana peel and flap it up and down. And it will do something in the game. That's what's coming. You'll find out more on Thursday. Yes, yeah, so I thought it was cool. I what I honestly think it is is I think it's some sort of like successor to Wii Fit. Obviously, oh yeah, that's one hundred percent what it is. Yeah. Without the weight sensor bar that called everyone fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe some people needed to hear it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm here's the so I went back and I watched the first trailer for Wii Fit. And and the difference between that trailer and this trailer is that We Fit trailer had people in workout attire standing alone in a room working out. Every mm. single shot in this is in a party environment. So I think it's going to be fitness, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be direct like spiritual continuation of yeah. We Fit. It seems like there's going to be a party game element to it that wasn't present in We Fit as as much. Yeah, and th- that makes sense because like the the people were like like I, there was one of them that was trying to do some kind of like planking thing, and then when they fell, everyone went oh, kind of like they had yeah. messed up a mini game or something like that. Yep. Yeah. It's worth and noting. Also, no one's only workout able one person at a time. Yeah. So it's not like one person can have the thing strapped to their leg like they did in the thing, and then another person has the hoop. Oh, that's not going to stop another people. Person... <laughs> you're right. You're right. What was I thinking? One person just people find a way to play Zelda as a party game with each holding one Joy-Con. They'll that was a, a great IGN series. That was a fucking was. great IGN series. I didn't watch that, but I sound. It was I, I won't. I won't. It was a. Uh, it. it was Brian Altano and Max Scoville playing Breath of the Wild, but each had one Joy-Con. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it was amazing. It's called Linked Together. That's what get it, it was. Get Aww. it? I get it, because it's named after the main guy, Zelda. <laughs> Speaking of the main guy, Zelda, let's talk about our main quest, starting with Zelda. We're going to dive into Nintendo's September Direct. Yeah. Which we just happened stories. a couple of days ago. Yeah, so we have some stories excited. just to kind of briefly touch on before we talk about like our impressions of the nintendo direct um one is that the link's awakening amiibo is going to summon shadow link in the chamber dungeons and he kind of chases you around you can fight shadow link kind of cool i'm already getting that amiibo so like i don't mind can i tell you uh, something that i appreciate about you i appreciate that you pulled out three stories that were representative of this direct and one of them was a trash one about an amiibo that gives you a feature that you don't care about just because it's (laughs) Zelda. hey 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 chad hey chad (laughs) chad 
Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, but listen, the Shadow Link is only available in the challenge dungeons that no one's going to create. Oh, now I'm, I'm going to use one. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I will. Actually, yeah, did, I did learn did something. I go to GameStop on Monday and pre-order the Amiibo and the game because of this freaking Direct? You're damn right I did. <laughs> you know you don't have to go to a GameStop to pre-order things. There's online. <laughs> no, the, I, couldn't, I couldn't pre-order the Amiibo anymore, so. Went to oh, the brick yeah. and mortar. Um. I will actually play the Chamber Dungeons because of this, but also they announced that you can basically add in like different obstacles, like mm-hmm. bombs that fall from the ceiling and stuff in your dungeon. So like, there's a little bit more customization than just like moving little puzzle pieces around, little like puzzle tiles around. However, um, I wish that you and I could like play each other's dungeons across the country. Yeah, well, yeah. I could, ship, could like, ship it. Like yeah. I could, I could save it to an amiibo and mail it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a rare amiibo. Thanks, Trevor. I'm not sending it back. <laughs> Fuck. I knew I should have sent the boo. <laughs> uh, the next story is that Switch, uh, NES, and SNES games will no longer be added monthly. They're going to be added irregularly, which basically just means there might be a period where it they, takes a few months for them to release uh, new titles for the SNES and NES. Also, it could be like, hey, one week and then two weeks later. I mean, it could just be all over the place and random. I'm thinking it's going to be um, longer waits as opposed to shorter Man, waits. Is, is my yeah. entitlement you come know what, out though? on this one, though? There are a lot that? more SNES games that they could release than there were NES games. So I feel like maybe mm-hmm. we'll just get them irregularly, like, Maybe we'll get three one week, and then three weeks later we'll get, like, two more. I don't know. I feel like there's so many more that maybe irregularly just means more often. Yeah. But when, when this got announced, when this got found, oh, my God, so many people just got so entitled and so upset about it. It's like, this is unacceptable. This is not what they promised us. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you're getting free fucking games. Oh, well, you paid 20 bucks for a year or stuff. You got 20 SNES games. In one day. Yep. And you get to play them wherever you want. Just, yeah, they put them out regularly. So what? Play them. It's They're so clear fun. that Nintendo hates its fans. A hundred percent. My God. <laughs> I, I, I go to sleep at night and cry thinking about how much Bowser hates me. <laughs> Doug Bowser hates you? Yeah, Doug Bowser. He knows me by name. At night, he's just like, fucking son of a bitch, Trevor Bettis. I'm not, he goes to bed and he writes in his journal, Dear Diary. I fucking hate Trevor Bettis. That guy fucking pisses me off. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to release Super Metroid on the SNES for Switch, but then I'm never going to make another fucking Metroid. He can fucking (laughs) die in a hole for all I can, a piece of shit. The next direct, it's like, we like to have an announcement on Metroid Prime 4. Hey, Trevor, we canceled it for you. (laughs) There's this guy named Trevor Bettis. Fucking blame him. You ain't getting it, you jerks. Don't hate Huss. Hate Trevor. It's his fault. <laughs> Here's his Twitter handle. Make sure you put the A in it. <laughs> you know what? You know, can really show him. Go fucking downvote his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Is, Doug Bowser will leave reviews on your podcast. <laughs> Just so you know, Nintendo hates you. <laughs> One star. And you'll be like, go download their podcast. No, wait, we're not even going to fucking give them the free advertisement with even saying the name of it. Just leave you out entirely. They just send a personal letter to you. Like, by the way, we canceled it because of you. They send me what looks like a smash invite, but it just is a middle finger. (laughs) 
It's like reverse fan mail. That's what Doug, Doug Bowser does. He's like reverse fan mail. Hate mail to his fans. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that was and announced then, was uh, Iron, Wor- Iron Galaxy is working on Overwatch for Nintendo Switch. That was pretty huge. It was leaked like a week before from that Overwatch mm-hmm. Switch case that was up for sale. Uh, they also did the ports for Diablo 3 which is so great on Switch. Oh, so good. And Skyrim. And they also handle the PC ports of Crash and Spyro <laughs> Trilogies. Um, cool. Glad that's on another platform. I still played it and played zero minutes of it on PS4. So, If it had cross-save, I would 100% be buying it. It does with Steam, doesn't it? No, that was uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 that has the oh, cross-save. Yeah. Speaking of, there were a lot of things. This was a big direct. Yeah, this almost, think, this almost felt like it was bigger than the E three direct. Yeah, I think a large percentage of what came out of this, like that was huge, was all of the remasters coming to this thing. Yeah, like seeing we have um, the Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Rogue. So excited! We've got Divinity Original Sin 2, so I might actually think about buying this one day in the long off future. Do it. I already I got uh, already like... got Dallas and Matt to buy it. Do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I see Dallas playing it all the time on PS4. Uh, I just don't have time for anything other than Dragon Quest Eleven, Shadows of an Elusive Age, Echoes of an Elusive Age S Definitive Edition. Man, that was really impressive of you saying that without choking. <laughs> <laughs> um the okay, so this is not something I particularly care about, but the Xenoblade remaster from mm-hmm. Wii to Switch, I saw somewhere with screenshot comparisons of it, and it is fucking stunning the yeah. work that they're doing on that. Like what they came from to what it looks like now is like holy shit, that's an entirely different game. It, almost like on the level of Shadow of the Colossus from Blue Point. It looks really cool and really amazing, and I'm still not going to play it. Yeah, I still won't play it, but I appreciate yeah, the work so- that goes into it. That's the thing is, how many of these games that are announced besides Deadly Premonition are you going to play? <laughs> I never played Assassin's Creed 4 because I got burnt out, but apparently everyone fucking loves it. And now that it's handheld and I've got time to burn on the Dude, bus. Dude, Assassin's yeah, Creed will. 4 might be the best one. And Rogue is just says. more of it. And Assassin's Creed 3 ran great on Switch. So I'm sure Assassin's Creed Black Flag will run just as well. because well, Assassin's Creed 3 was the worst one, so that's why it ran worse. Yeah, that's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> Review score aligns with frame rate performance. It, I, I actually didn't hear about it. Did it really run like shit? It ran apparently not great. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a good deal. <laughs> you might as well play it on a PlayStation, which you'll have access to on there. They announced Dauntless is finally coming, which is like, should have been there day one, but that's cool that people can finally play that. I can't, Deadly I can't get into that game. They mentioned. I tried. I was real into it for like a good two hours. I was like hardcore oh, into it. I fucking hated playing with you for two you hours. Did. I hated Not playing of you, it with but you just... for two hours. <laughs> the frame rate was so bad, it literally was making me nauseous and uncomfortable. Yeah, and he wouldn't fucking shut up about it. I would. Well, I, you you said you experienced it afterwards, and you were equally upset. Yeah, but every time that I take a poop and my butthole burns, I don't go tell the world about it because they just don't want to hear about it, Holden. That's a fucking lie. You do go tell the world about it. <laughs> you said you do-do. fucking liar. Oh, man. Next so, yeah. week on Playtime, Chad talks about his burned asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about this in a video game podcast? Well, I was playing my Switch while I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, that new Celeste four. level, man. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Celeste. Yes. Celeste. Celeste. Um, yeah, and then they announced SNES, all that shit. Well, well, hang on. You're, let's talk about those remakes. So you said how many of those rematches are you actually going to play? I'm going to list these off for you. Nice Old Republic, uh, or sorry, Nice Old Republic. Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, 100% going to play that. Oh, that game looks Doom so 64, dumb. 100% going to play that. <laughs> yeah. Assassin's Creed The Rebel Collection, 100% going to play that. Devil May Cry 2, fuck no, I hate that goddamn game. Get that shit out of my house. <laughs> I literally screamed during the direct, why didn't you just skip that? <laughs> oh, Return of the Obra Dinn. I'm yes, finally sure that's not going to be on PC. I'm very excited to play that. That looks amazing. Yeah, hold yeah. Me. So, fuck you, o- Oberdin. I'll ha- hand it to you there. That looks good. Um, maybe Jedi Outcast is a really good game, but that was not a great trailer for it. I kept thinking this looks awkward. The way he like jumps around and then like seems to jump farther away from the enemy than he should have, okay. yet still hit the enemy. I'm like, ah, not convinced by that. That was an odd trailer to choose. It's, it's Doom- well. Uh, here's the thing. That's how that game is. Like, I played that game when it came... Well, not when it came out, but I played it when I was a teenager, and I fucking love it and its sequel, uh, Jedi Academy. And yeah, it's a little wonky, but, like, cutting people in half with a lightsaber in that game is so satisfying. <laughs> but, okay, think of this, this perspective. There's a Star Wars game coming out on all consoles this fall. Okay. Jedi Fallen Order is going to be great and looks yeah. amazing. Can you, can, you, can you play that on your Switch on the go? No, but I'm, yeah, that's the Star Wars game I'm playing this year. I'm that's not going to play that on play my Switch. You play both. You have time in your life for both. I don't have time in my life for both. You do, because you're not playing Borderlands 3. <laughs> Are you not? No, uh, you know he no. that game. Hell, hell no. Get off this podcast! Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I really did not like Borderlands 2 at all. The oh. second the second we finished the game, I deleted it off my PS4. Okay, we're going to have words after this podcast. Let's continue talking about joyful <laughs> Nintendo things. Speaking of Borderlands like, 3. We're going to meet outside. Yeah. <laughs> I got, Speaking of Borderlands I got some 3, words for you. When it comes out this weekend, if servers allow, I'm going to be playing it on PS4. I think Alex Kozain is going to be playing with me on Friday night and Saturday. If anyone else wants to join us, do it. PS4. I might be there with you. Yes. Yeah. Um. So what? What else? What else did they? Because they announced Banjo Kazooie. So they announced some fucker for the next DLC that I don't know from SNK. <laughs> so yeah. Does anyone know who that character right is? Now. No. Nobody knows the fucking Neo Geo. <laughs> nobody gives a shit about that. Oh no. In all seriousness, I was like, oh wow, that's really the the fourth one. Oh, but don't worry, that was a terrible announcement for a Smash character. Don't worry, we're gonna have five more. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> but it's so, not yeah, all that was for actually huge. They're like, hey, we're introducing a lot more characters. There was so much stuff from the Undertale guy, Toby Fox, there. Like, there's mm-hmm. a new um, me costume from Undertale. Uh, he did the music for that Game Freak game as well. Oh, yeah, Little Town uh, Hero. Town or whatever it is. Little Town Hero that, Little again, Town I'm not going to play. Nope. With a character named um, Axe who doesn't have an axe and uses ideas. There you go. <sighs> but they showed off, they did like a 20-minute... Banjo Kazooie show off thing with um, what's his face afterwards? Sakurai, yeah. And I was actually really into, like Banjo Kazooie looks like a ton of fun to play, and I might just go back for twenty minutes to play Banjo Kazooie on this thing because I fucking loved Banjo Kazooie, and I'm gonna play him in Smash for twenty minutes. But did you buy the battle pass or the uh, the? Yeah, I bought the, the battle character? pass straight yeah. up. Now tell me, it's gonna be really love me forever. Oh oh, oh. Hmm? yeah, so I've got him. I'll play it. 
You know, he did this stupid thing. The, sorry, the whole presentation of that whole banjo, because he talked for like five minutes at the beginning. He's like, you know, last time I showed you us playing Hero from Dragon Quest, did you know I was actually playing with two controllers at the same time, one in each hand, side by side? That's kind of hard to do. You should try it with a pro controller. This time, if I put it one on top of the other and play with one of each hand, you might accidentally hit the shoulder buttons. So that's why this time I'm also going to play with it. It's like, fucking shut up. Just get a friend. We can hear people in the room laughing. Get a friend to control the second character. No, it really Jesus hits one of your beasts going, the stream's not working, just kill some time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I, I thought it was a really impressive direct. It was 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there was any... Well, granted, I was half watching and half working, but there were 40 minutes. Was, I didn't. I felt like it flew by, and I wasn't oh, like, oh, my God. Fine. So the first half, I'm like, this is great. They showed off Luigi's Mansion. They showed off Pokemon already. They said that those are the two things they're going to talk about. They already showed it off. Yeah, the new trailer for Link's Awakening, which is really good. And after 20 minutes, I'm like, man, there's still like... There's still like we're halfway through. There's 20 minutes left. What else are they going to talk about? Then you talk about Animal Crossing. I think you're going to talk about Zelda. Like, what else are we going to see? No Zelda, which wasn't a big surprise. But they pulled up Animal Crossing. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to see more. Oh, it's everything that we learned already from E3 and no additional information at all. Okay, that was odd. But they said they had one more thing to talk about. Oh, cool. It's Xenoblade Chronicles that it's already been on two systems. And yeah, like it looks nice and everything, but I'm, I'm not going to play that. I'm just not going to. And I just felt like it had this weird no empathy, downturn. Do you? I had this well, weird downturn. Some people can appreciate those. No, hear, hear, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. The one that would have spoken to more people, I think, had been like, a, "Oh, cool! It's finally happening." Is if they took the SNES and the uh, announcement and the the Zelda Chronicles announcement and just switched them. End on SNES. It End just felt like there was SNES? this weird, like, yeah, I think it has weird, like, down, down. It went downhill the last half of me. I'll say this about the Animal Crossing part, like. They showed off all the stuff that they talked about during Treehouse. Yeah. None of that was shown during the direct. So, like, my mm-hmm. wife didn't watch the Treehouse stuff, and so she, when they started talking about Animal Crossing, she's like, "I'm fucking here. Let's go. I want I want some couches from some from ah from some sheep." <laughs> <laughs> like she was excited, and um, I thought that was good. But yeah, ending on Xenoblade was a little weird. But I know there was a small niche market that lost their minds when that got announced and that was their finisher for them like that that was a perfect way to send that off yeah i just, yeah, just think about others and their feelings sometimes too holden <laughs> <laughs> but no i'm not saying they shouldn't have announced it at all i'm just saying that they should have ended on they something that spoke something to more people cared about no they spoke to more people oh i get it i get it well just like c- considering like how much they showed in the SNES thing, like I do feel like that one whipped by real quick. They're like, "We're doing SNES. Here's what's coming. It's coming out tomorrow." Bye. <laughs> Don't notice all the games that you really want aren't on it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the games I wanted. Or oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there, yeah. There are a few. I've been even like, we got Chrono Trigger, we got the Final Fantasies, we got all the Donkey Kong countries, we've got a bunch of stuff that that is should be I don't hopefully think any in of the, that SquareSoft stuff is coming. They got Super Soccer though. Oh yeah. Fuck I yeah. Find that, yeah. that stunt right Or as they call it in Europe, eating ass. God <laughs> fucking <laughs> damn it! We're rated explicit, Trevor. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> We're going to move on 
to a segment called We Are So Fucking Humble, where Holden and I, as our usual podcast guests, take a little back seat and let our guest host, Trevor Bettis, bring a little topic of conversation for us to discuss. Trevor, what would you like to discuss while we just sit here and be oh. so fucking humble? Also, oh, so, so you're, you're sitting in the back seat while I drive the car? You're driving the yeah, car. We're just right, sit, I'm it was a dangerous back. move, too, because we yeah, did I'm going to turn around driving. and talk to you guys, take my eyes off of the road completely for the next 40 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning because I forgot that that was a thing. Uh, but I want to talk about <laughs> podcasting. Podcasting? Never heard of I know. It's this weird new thing that's coming about. I, I think it might have a chance. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like I said early on, like, Greg Miller was a big inspiration for me. I always wanted to do a podcast. I remember hooking up two SingStar mics to my laptop and <laughs> recording on GarageBand and seeing how this would work. And then I realized, oh, shit, I don't have anything to talk about. Um, and, like, always wanting to do that. And then you guys wrote into Kind of Funny Games Daily. Well, Chad did. Uh, and... I, you know, wrote into you guys. I got to be on this. I fucking loved every minute of it. Like, I was jazzed into doing podcasting. And then Steven Dutzman's like, hey, download this app, Anchor. You can fucking record in your car. And I just decided on a whim, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm just going to do it after work. I'm going to record on my way home. Fuck it. Fuck let's yeah. do it. And now I'm like over 50 episodes in. I now have a co-host. Uh, we have a, like an actual Twitter following. We have regular listeners. We have people writing in. I have people offering to like design cover arts for me. It's in, I'm it's insane. And like I remember at the beginning of this year, literally messaging Chad on Twitter, like, "How do you start a podcast?" So like I want to know like what did you guys do like what what would like i know you guys talked together and we're like we want to do a podcast but like what was what did you guys do like where how did you set up like where did you go to upload it and stuff like that oh good question um so i think right off the bat i knew that <clears throat> based on like some kind of game over craggy show or something like that i knew that kind of funny used soundcloud Mm-hmm. And then a work friend of mine used something called Libsyn, um, which now we're looking at possibly migrating to. But it was like, I know SoundCloud. That's a trusted service. They've got a, a large following. Let's fucking do SoundCloud. So I looked into like hosting on SoundCloud, what it would take, what do we pay per month for unlimited storage, that kind of stuff. And we just went with it. I think that's what's the most important is just fucking find something and do it. Mm-hmm. And don't be too concerned about the quality right at first. As you mentioned, yeah. fifty episodes later, we find I have a co-host. Yeah, I have, you know, like it might start really scrappy, but then it's going to develop into something, and that only comes with practice. Yeah, so, yeah we jumped I, right into SoundCloud and and sort of making it happen. The structure also changed a lot too. Like we started off, and the format now is we generally break it up by uh, different companies or a like, third party, uh, and just kind of group all new stories based on that. But we used to literally just start with no no structure. Uh, hey Chad, you find five new stories. I'll find five new stories, and he had a segment called News War. It was the whole podcast. It was, it was, just, <laughs> it was really bad. It was like uh, what was like we had to pick stories, but like if one of us we had to like, each bo- bring our own stories. Like I bring my yeah. stories and I don't tell you what you are and you do yours and then whoever had the most stories that were the most original to them, stories, yeah. It's like, well, that's fucking stupid because then it's going to encourage me to get garbage stories, <laughs> and then also it doesn't matter because if we both have the same, it, whoever has the most number of stories by default will win because uh, it's stupid. It's stupid. 
Yeah, it was it was <laughs> awful. But like we did it, we kept doing it, and we just started to like it's like molding clay. You just kind of shape it, you know. Yep. Just over and time, also, it becomes something great. Steel. Just yeah, in general, no, in no, life, no, steel. A hundred percent. Like I, I would be lying if I said that coming up with doing a format for my podcast wasn't because you guys do that. I'd be a hundred percent lying. Like the we have a you know intro. How's your game doing? News. Uh, housekeeping, my top, uh, my topic or hers, and then the other topic, and we have like a little in between thing about talking about DMs Guild, and then listener questions, and the outro. Like that format, I thought up because of how you guys do your stuff too. So yeah, stealing stuff like that—that's not bad. Like it's obviously, iterative. don't call it Ryan subscriber interrogative. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. But you know, yeah, like that's totally fine to do. Yeah, steal, especially if you're starting out and you're like, don't know where to go, but you want to get started anyway, steal, and then eventually it's going to evolve into something that's unique to you. We kind of, yeah. we did this recently with Affable Idiots, where it straight up is a ripoff of Kind of Funny Podcast, formerly mm-hmm. Game Over Greggy Show, and it's just people bringing topics of discussion to the table and we go through one by one. And they don't do that, that style any longer, but that's how they mm-hmm. started. We're like, well, let's fucking do that. And now it's yeah. kind of evolving into this weird thing that's awesome and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's God. kooky and Jesus crazy. Christ. That podcast. <laughs> There's a reason. Like, I've been apprehensive to ask if I can be on that one because I'm like, I don't know if I can handle that one. I don't know if I can do that one. <laughs> There's something about Taco Bell and shit, and I just, I don't know. <laughs> I have been a backseat to Jesse and Chad just being completely crazy and ridiculous. There's been sometimes. several times listening to that podcast, I'm like, I wish I could see Holden's face right now. <laughs> I just, I wish I could see what he was doing because he's completely silent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. So I used to hang out with just Jesse and Chad all the time. So I'm, I'm used to the antics. I, yeah, I'm there all was for something it, today so. when we were recording, and I was I noticed like, wow, I've just been sitting here watching you guys talk for like a good five minutes. This never happens. What's going on? <laughs> something well, you and Jesse went off on a tangent about. That's another good thing to bring up, though. So how long would you say between one of you first bringing up, hey, we should do a podcast, to putting up that episode, that first one? Do you think there was just ballpark? We made our test episode. Just to like, just talk and just kind of see what it's like. I think it was like how do we record that two mics the at next once week? on one computer? Like we did that, yeah. And, and was that and then, like the same day you guys talked about starting one? No, that was uh, eight months, ten months, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that that's that's my yeah. thing. So how long do you think it was between coming up with the idea for Affable Idiots and then having a cover art and fucking uploading it and doing all that shit? You think it was? So we knew, I don't we, know. we did a poll in, when was it? It was after the Kind of Funny Games Daily shout out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like April. And like, what do you guys want from a patron? Or what do you want from our podcast that you're not That's already right. doing? Yeah. And uh, a common theme was, I want a podcast where we just hear you talk about random shit. And we, were, we talked about like, one day maybe we'll have a second one where we'll talk about movies. Or maybe we'll have mm-hmm. another one where we talk mm-hmm. about TV. And then, so we knew we kind of wanted to do a second podcast for a while, but we didn't really know what. And they were like, what if we just talk about anything? And then I asked Jesse if she'd be interested in it because I moved, I moved in April. Yeah. I lived with Jesse for seven years and I moved here. And I was like, I know this kept Holden and I together after he moved. And I really want to keep in touch and stay in a friendship with Jesse. So I was like, what if we just include Jesse on this? And Holden's like, yep, let's do it. And then we set a deadline. I want this to launch June 1st. So I think that was maybe what four to six weeks before, like I had podcast up, art up. We decided when we were going to record our first episode. Um, 
we like got logistics worked out, made sure Jesse had a mic and knew what she was doing there. We had like a test little screener episode there too. So yeah, it was like four to six weeks before when we finally got serious about it and decided, yeah, let's yeah. make this happen. And and I I think that's so cool and like shows how far you guys have come with doing podcasts because you went from talking about it for eight months for one of them to doing it in four weeks for the other. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome. And it shows that you guys like, you know what you're doing for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Chad knows what he's doing. I kind of like have a hook and just kind of hold on. <laughs> hey, that's a lie. You, you remembered to send me the show notes today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, the thing though, that I think if people are interested in starting one is, ripping off the band-aid and just doing it like mm-hmm. yeah steven deuceman came on here and he's like just fucking do it do not think about it pick a subject and just start talking and that's why i did it like i literally you guys released that episode and i released my first episode that same day and that's awesome yeah and it was because you guys talked about it and had him on there and it it because i didn't worry about how it sounded i literally recorded with an AirPod in my ear in a noisy <laughs> car on a freeway, just talking about my three favorite spells in Dungeons and Dragons because my friend on Twitter said that should be what you talk about. And <laughs> knowing that I wasn't going to be this quality and I wasn't going to go on for an hour, it was just me talking in my car for 15 minutes, relieved all of that pressure of being like, oh, it has to be perfect. And that's the no. thing. It doesn't have to be perfect. No. If anything, it's kind of cool to say, hey, this is where we started and look at where we are now. Yeah. Yep. Well, if like, you, oh, sorry. If you, want to be, no, if you want to be perfect, then are you going to have a stagnant show where it's always that mm-hmm. forever? Like, you're learning. Yeah. Just like, I, I, have a, I have a message that now plays before almost all my Dungeon Driver episodes that's, hey, you're about to listen to a version of this show back when it started. It's not like how it is now. If you want to hear how the show is, you should go listen to After the First Adventure series where it's actually difficulty class, but you can still enjoy this. Like, I didn't want to take him down because it's like, that's how this started. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I still want it. If people want to hear me blabber in my car for 15 minutes at a time, <laughs> they can. Um, but I, you know, I want to put that in and be like, hey, just so you know, you, you, it's not going to make your ears bleed every time you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to have that backlog, though, too, because like sometimes people are like, I want to wait until it's absolutely perfect. I have the right podcast mm-hmm. art. I have the right microphone. Mm-hmm. I have all of that. But like if you just get started, I can't tell you how many podcasts that I've I've jumped in on like episode 200 and something. I was like, oh man, this is a really cool podcast. I'm going to go back and listen to every single episode that they've ever mm-hmm. done. Like, so to have something that people can go back and kind of sequentially listen to because people are interested and they just want to learn more about you and your body and your <laughs> desires and all of that. They can learn, they can learn about my, my D&D body. Uh, yeah. And like, that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to delete all those because like, I kind of went hard into the podcasting thing where I was like, I'm going to record six episodes a week. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I remember telling Chad that and him just responded back with, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could just like, it was in text, but I could just see his head going, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) Do it, man. Go for it. Yeah. But like, you know, I started this January 31st. It is, it's September now. And I think total on the the stream we have 54 episodes, maybe 55. And 
that's crazy. It's not even been a year. Yep. And that's that's, that's fucking a, crazy. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Um, it's kind of. I guess it's kind. You'll of the surpass Calm us soon, like very soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of the Colin Moriarty method of just like just overthrow them, overload them with content, and so that there's just <laughs> yep. a bunch of shit to listen to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's it's kind of fun doing that. But one of the things that I'm having trouble with is, and we, we Allie and I actually talked about this recently on Difficulty Class, and it was more aimed towards being a DM, but. Like earlier in this episode, you said, what are, uh, what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer and podcaster. And literally in my head, as I said that, I went, wow, that is the first time I've ever referred to myself as a podcaster. Do you guys ever find yourself having imposter syndrome with this? That you're like, oh no, I'm not actually a podcaster. I have that in every aspect of my life ever, always. <laughs> I go to work, I do my job, and I'm like, oh God, everyone's going to think I'm a fraud. I come here, I do this. This is the day. Like, they figure it out. <laughs> if only they knew I'm sitting in my San Francisco apartment in front of a TV and I'm just talking about shit. I didn't read any of these stories. Nobody knows. <laughs> so yeah, I have that all the time. But I do, I do embrace the title of podcaster mostly because I don't like telling people what I do for work because then it just leads to questions that I don't want to answer. So I, 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 I lead with saying I play video games. I have a podcast. Mm. That's well, me. What, what about you? What do you do for work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I, now that you're asking the question, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever referred to myself as like a podcaster before i don't know like it just kind of like this fun thing that i do when i get to talk to chad and hang out with cool people and i like video game news anyway so i don't know i just kind of like something i just i just do i just i just do the do you do you do do <laughs> do the do sometimes you boo the do <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think you're right though like that is kind of like what i am that's what you yeah. are that's what you are as well, Chad. Well, well, I guess. I, mean, I guess Chad's a podcaster. I don't it counts. know. It counts. Like, well, think, think about this way. Like, <laughs> like I talked to Chad on Twitter before you know listening to the show or anything because it's kind of funny. But like, I literally only knew you from this podcast. Like mm-hmm. the first time I heard or interacted with you was on a podcast. So like to me, I'm like, yeah, you're a podcaster. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You've been doing this a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people hear that too. Like back when we were doing two guests a week, every single week, mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, oh my God, do I have the right equipment? What do I do? Uh, you guys are so much pro- more professional. This We also like made up this really fancy professional, like, welcome to Responding Fire. Here's some questions you might have. This is like, <laughs> So we like looked a lot more professional. We're like, no, we're just two, holding sitting in a basement with a bed sheet behind him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we're doing, but people are just like, oh my God, you guys are doing this. this is amazing. No, we're just people doing the same thing you're doing in your home with a bed sheet behind you in mm-hmm. the basement. Yep. <laughs> well, it, it, it was kind of funny because like I, before that episode, like I was having that, I'm just like, oh God, like I'll, I'll just use my, my wife's old, you know, Yeti snowball that she had and it's pink, but fuck it. Well, I'll use it, whatever. <laughs> and like, I was like, I guess it'll be fine. And then I get in here and yeah, you, you guys are like, this is like, oh, I'm fine. This is fine. <laughs> I don't yeah. worry. <laughs> we're like, we're in a very high end studio. It costs at least five fifty thousand dollars to produce. <laughs> you got to have that studio before you got podcasting. Otherwise it's just not worth it. Oh yeah. Like, like uh, you got to. <laughs> Allie and I obviously. record in my kitchen. Like, <laughs> yep. We every recorded episode... in. No, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I cut uh, you every, off. Every episode, I have to like noise reduction the fans because it's too <laughs> fucking hot here. <laughs> it's like this is not oh a noise controlled anything. Can I tell you? If you ever get a couple hundred dollars that you can spare, 
there's a, a plugin called Crumple Pop, and it's noise reduction and echo reduction, and they are the fucking best, okay. especially if you're doing a room like that. Or like when we have Dallas records just like into a phone and it's like babies crying in the background and stuff like that. And so, so just like slap that on the guest thing and it's like, oh, thank God. So I, I haven't actually talked about this in difficulty of that class. I did come up with another question re- after this. So mm-hmm. Don't let me forget. Um, but uh, I actually recorded an adventure series with Dallas, Matt, Ryan, and Dusty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Dallas didn't realize that his uh his kid's lullaby was oh, on right. in an open door. And then my mic was set on the wrong setting. So like I sounded like I was all the way across the room. So much so that like if I didn't if I didn't fuck with the levels, his kid's lullaby was louder than me. <laughs> So, like, that was probably, like, my biggest learning moment of podcasting where, like, we recorded four four or five hours that are gone. Like, we just, I couldn't salvage it. I couldn't just edit the myself out of there. And, like, I just and, hung out with Dallas this week, and he was—he felt so bad. He oh, yeah. so and that's, bad and about that's it. the thing. Like I've told him so many times, I'm like, dude, don't fucking worry about it. shit happens. I fucked up too, because like I—if it was just Dallas, I was gonna sit there and go through every pause of his audio and and nullify that sound. But when I realized that it was mine too, that was when I was like, all right, fuck, I can't, I can't do this. This is gonna take twice as long. So. That that was that was a big learning moment for me, but and I do want to do another one with them, and I but we even agreed like in in our group chat is like regardless of that going up, we had so much fun with that game that it didn't matter that the content didn't happen, and I think that's something important to remember also is that like you know we're we're content creators now, which is also weird to say. Yeah. And, but we have to remember that like sometimes <laughs> content doesn't work and sometimes it gets lost and we can't beat yes. ourselves up about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to ask, what was that? It happens to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, should, it, happens, get spot. it gets better. <laughs> it gets better. We just did pixel street uh, podcast and my mic stopped working and I had to record off of my MacBook speakers oh, or yeah. microphone. Yeah. I well, felt oh, terrible. But remember the uh, the adventure series we were in, Chad's yeah. shit stopped recording. Just stop, so you just, yeah. you just don't yeah. have me for the last whatever hour of it. <laughs> and it was so and I thought it was so perfect that you were the one that landed the killing blow on the boss. He's <laughs> 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 like, not even fucking here. <laughs> yep. One of the things that Chad and I had talked about doing I don't hold. On, I don't know if we told you about this. One of the things we talked about doing was us just getting onto Skype and recording ourselves talking oh about what was doing and acting out what had <laughs> happened, <laughs> <laughs> and not and not give any kind of warning. Just episode seven picks up and it's just us talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should have done that anyways. We should have. <laughs> But the the question that I, I I had was okay. So let's say that someone wants to start a podcast this weekend, and they don't want to go my route. They they want it a little bit better than a AirPod in a car. <laughs> what would you recommend to them to get started this weekend? And obviously they're gonna have to put some money into this. But like, what what would you say? Number one. Well, I- uh, if you're going to record with no money, your phone's microphone is a hell of a lot better than your AirPods microphone. 
Mm-hmm. Unless you are driving in a car. <laughs> Unless you're driving in a car and then be safe. But uh, yeah, so just know that everyone's like, oh, no, just put it in the AirPods. Like, no, those are like just meant for phone calls and talking to Siri. Yeah. Like your phone's microphone is meant for like picking up actual recordings. Like we, I did do that once. There's an episode that I did with my wife while we were on a road trip. And it it was terrible because the phone microphone picked up every bump in that road. Yeah. <laughs> Every little one. <laughs> but yeah, if you're in a room with your friend, yeah, it's great. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, right off the bat, I'd say what's most important is just getting some kind of software to cut. That's it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's audio or uh, what's that? Uh, Audacity. Audacity. Yep. Uh, the, most of those types of software, GarageBand on your Mac is totally awesome too. Most of those types of software have some kind of like noise gating as well. So if you do have a lullaby playing quietly in the background, you can at least automatically block it out when you're not talking to. (laughs) Um, That's important. And then if you're looking to get something uh, like a little bit more professional microphone, get the best entry one, Blue Snowball. Is like forty nine bucks. That's what we started off with. Yeah, that's what we started off with too. Blue Snowball is is forty nine bucks. Great barrier of entry. And if you go on long enough and you feel like you're committing to this, then you can upgrade from there. But yeah. Yeah, I, I would always caution against buying a bunch of stuff. I had a friend who wanted to get into podcasts, and he like bought the pod, the microphone, the arm for the microphone. Oh my so god! Can, like, I'm like, I'm like, all right, like you could have the best podcast ever. Just start doing it. Don't don't invest in that yet. And lo and behold, he's not doing a podcast anymore. And I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah. So just uh, a pair start. of headphones. Invest in a pair of headphones that are just over ear. Most people don't realize that. Oh, I'm just going to talk. It's going to record, and then I'm going to talk. But if you're, it's going to pick up everything. Mm-hmm. So especially if you're recording remotely like we're doing right now over Skype, it's going to pick up you guys talking in my mic and me talking. And then we're yep. also going to have your audio, so it's going to sound really awful, all of that together. So the headphones to block that out of your mic. But even just to begin with, your standard headphones that you got with your phone will be fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. Now, what what would you say about, like, uploading? Because that was the thing that I always struggled with. I had a mic. I had a Mac that could record. But I always – I was never sure about, like, how to upload and, like, where to go and what was – what cost too much and everything like that. Yeah. I feel like I, – I don't have any experience with Anchor, so you might be able to speak to that more. Um, but I feel like that's a, an incredible free alternative. And now anyone who asks, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, I immediately <laughs> just say, download Anchor. That's mm-hmm. the first thing you do. But you have, if you're just like looking to experiment and things like that, there are services like SoundCloud and Libsyn have um, free tiers. Basically, if SoundCloud, I think you get like two hours of free content to upload and then anything after that. A, a reasonable price to expect to pay per month to host all of your audio is around 15 bucks a month um, on a website that allows you some things like an RSS feed to feed into iTunes and uh, some customized things with tags and stuff like that. I would, if you're looking to get started and you're looking to go that route and find some place to host, I would look more towards Libsyn and not towards SoundCloud. We're looking to migrate away from it because discovery tools have greatly improved in things like Apple Podcasts and Google Play, but SoundCloud doesn't yet support those tools. So like Mm. the new category, like there's a video games category in the iTunes podcast store, but we don't show up there because SoundCloud doesn't support us choosing video games as a category. Interesting. So things like that, I would I would look into Libsyn, and then just knowing that your shows don't have to be huge. If you export them as MP3s, mm-hmm. sound quality is 
when it comes to like, oh, should I export this as WAV for the best sound quality or MP3? Like, it's not going to fucking make a difference. People are listening to this in AirPods in their ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, do also, MP3. it means it's going to be harder to stream it. Like, if you had a bad internet connection. Exactly. Yeah. Do a, a low MP3, and then you can store a lot more for the price that you're paying. Especially if you do go to, like, SoundCloud's unlimited storage, but other things you have, like, 50 gigabytes a month or something, like, caps like that. So, mm-hmm. um, MP3 is totally fine. Don't worry about doing that super high-quality wave audio lossless all lossless all lossless all the time <laughs> but i feel like those are the two big players in the soundcloud i've done a, a bit of research and those are the two big players in like the sorry in the podcasting hosting mm-hmm. and then anchor I don't, I don't know the deal with anchor i know that they like have an ad that they play like the podcast you usually listen to and i assume that that offsets the cost of it so sure. yeah they i think it's at the end that they insert their own ad um, you can turn on monetization, which they claim will match you up with a some kind of product that is in line with what you are talking about. Uh, I haven't done that because, one, if I'm going to do an ad in my show, I'm going to be the one that picks it. I'm going to be the one that you know is talking to you about it. I don't want some disembodied voice telling you to go get sheets from... Joe Schmo over at a website. Um, I Joe don't... Schmo makes the best sheets, though. So good. Good. Dude, Joe Schmo, oh my god. It, uh, when, <laughs> when, when you get into his sheets, you just go, Schmo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't quite... I used Anchor, and I still use Anchor because, well, it's free. Um, yeah. Allie and I have put a little bit of money into this just for mics and stuff like that. But we we're we keep saying this during the show. We're doing this for free. Like we're not getting any kind of money out of this. And that's definitely one thing I'm going to tell you. Do not expect to get money out of this. No, anytime <laughs> soon. Like I feel like a lot. I, that's a question a lot of people have. Is like, how do you get advertisers? How many? People? I've looked into a lot of it, and all of the places that are like, we'll match you up with advertisers, things like that, or any advertisement company in mm-hmm. general that is looking to get into podcasting, you need thousands. You, uh, thousands I, of I plays looked into Audible, week. and if you don't have at least 1K average listeners per episode, they don't even want to talk to you. Yeah, so you, you've got a while to go, even if you have a small pot. But like, if you reach out to people, like I know... Um, Fuck, I forget who it is. But somebody was listening to, they just reached out to like, hey, this small town business over here. Hey, you want to pay us 20 bucks to advertise on our show and get 50 listeners who are in your area? And they're like, yeah. So if you know people and you're interested in reaching out, mm-hmm. you might be able to, oh, it was um, a fitness podcast from Obese to Beast called Work for Change. It's a really great podcast. You should listen to it. Anyway, um, yeah, if you want to go find sponsors and be like, hey, we'd love your shit. We want to pump, pump it on our show. That might be a better way to go. But if you're looking for automatic sponsors, those are thousands of listeners a week. Yeah. But the the thing, though, that I don't know about Anchor and the one warning I will give is I don't know how advertising for yourself works with their deal. I have to start looking into that because we would like to do some things eventually and I want to be ready for that. So if we do eventually have to migrate away from Anchor, um, you know, it's the thing is, though, is that Anchor is a great start. You can literally do it right now. You record on them, you upload through them, and they the the crazy thing is is that they you don't have to do any work to get your stuff on platforms. They do it for you. It's uh, literally like you upload the first time. It's like cool. We'll let you know when stuff goes, and then you get a notification on your phone. It's up on iTunes. Day later, it's up on Google. 
day after that. We're up on podcast or whatever it is. And like there were services I didn't even know existed. And my podcast is on. I don't even know how to go look at the reviews for it. (laughs) And, but it also gives you like analytics of like, here's uh, where people are listening, what they're listening on, what services they're using, your average listener per episode. So it's got a lot of really good stuff that is helping me learn how to do this. But I don't know if it's going to be my forever answer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that I think that that was a good that felt good. That was a good. That was good. Yeah, it was I, good for I me. Yeah, and really, like this is the first time like I've gotten to talk to other people about podcasting, so that was really nice. And also, it was on a podcast. It's so meta. Oh my god! <laughs> god, the meta inception. Good God. Uh, but yeah, that that uh, th- thanks for uh, thanks for being humble and let me drive that car for a little bit. You're welcome. Now it's fucking Absolutely. our turn. Let's jump to Ryan's subscriber interrogative. <laughs> they just we... jump over the seat. They pull me out of there. Car <laughs> swerves around the road. We jump in the passenger seat, kick the door open, and shove you out. Cut the seatbelt. <laughs> Ryan's subscriber interrogatives where you guys can write in and ask us questions about anything, and none of you did, so thanks. <laughs> You can submit those via email if you're a dinosaur or if you're someone who actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, at Respawn Aimfire. Anything you write. Uh, last week we talked about uh, Dusty's waifu. 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 We got feedback from Alex that we mispronounced waifu, and we pronounced it as waifu. Um, so yeah, it can be about anything. And then finally, we're going to wrap up today with Game on Game Show. The Game on our gaming show called Game on, where we play a game on our show called Game on Game, 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 Game. Today, we have another episode of Now Flesh It Out, Now Flesh It Out, where we take two games, mash them together, and try to figure out what that new game looks like. We have five pairs. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Number one, Banjo-Kazooie crossed with Metal Gear Solid. I'm going to start by saying... played either of these games. But you know about them, Holden. You say this every time. It doesn't matter if you play them. You have an understanding of what they are. I know Metal Gear Solid. Don't know much about Banjo Kazooie. Actually, okay, I, I know what this game sounds like. Kazooie, Kazooie, <laughs> Kazooie, Banjo, Mumbo Jumbo. <laughs> I had this idea of the Jinjos. So the Jinjos are like these little magical creatures that are stranded in each level, and there's five of them. And then there's a big Jinjo, the Jinjinator. You saw this in the direct. It comes and kills Gruntilda, or maybe it was in the part after the direct. Anyway. What if those were the beauties from Metal Gear Solid 4? You know, screaming octopus, laughing octopus, and they were like all of those beauties that were all like fucked up mentally and they did experiments. What if each of those was the ginger? Jinjo. Also, they could be gingers. Who knows? And I realized that you have no context for any of this, Holden. God and you just said, it. it doesn't matter, Holden, and now you're saying, it matters. <laughs> damn it. I don't that know sounds amazing, Chad. I'm on board. But what if they, what if in every level you have like all of those beauties in there? Beauty and the Beast. I do think it would be a little hard to sneak around with a loud fucking bird on your back, though. Oh shit, Kazooie and Metal Gear Solid. Yep. But that's like remember, a distraction thing. You like throw him somewhere else to be like. No, look over there. I'm going to sneak over this way instead. I do have this image in my head now of Banjo just coming up behind a real human and just snapping his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Revolver Ocelot. I don't know. I don't know. That's a toughie. Because Banjo-Kazooie's world doesn't really support the Metal Gear Solid very well. 
But I feel like here you could you could poop out an egg or you could shoot an egg to work as a distraction. Oh yeah, yeah. No, here's the thing. I think this game could 100 percent work. What it looks like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I really think it would just be a mod version of Metal Gear with just Banjo Kazooie in, in it. it. Like I don't <laughs> want it to be Banjo's world. I just want this fucking bear bird to be in the real world <laughs> in Deo Kojima place and just play the game. I want. Here's what I want. I want Metal Gear Solid. That's it. But you take all of the dialogue and all of the voices and just replace it with banjo characters. So it's just. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> it's just that. No words. It's just ocelot and snake and all of these people talking to each other like. <laughs> the codex talking to uh, to uh, to Jack. Godzilla. <laughs> Yes, That's but they still have ninety-minute cutscenes. Of just yes, that. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Ocelot like spinning his guns. <laughs> 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 All right, we nailed it. That's it. Next up, Beautiful. Crazy Taxi, crossed with Gears of War. Oh, this is perfect. You are the side character to Marcus Phoenix. He's got to get somewhere real fast, and you're his only hope. (laughs) But it's not in one of those big war machines. It's in a fucking taxi with no roof. And he's just in the back, blasting away at all the locusts coming by while you're going, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Have you seen Marcus Phoenix's neck and his forearms? Those things can't fit in a car with a roof. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he. In fact, the game opens with him chainsawing with the gun the the roof off so he can fit in. <laughs> there's actually there's a thing in Gears Five that I didn't mention. There's a skiff through you. most of the game. There's a really really beautiful snowy and deserty environments in the game, and you ride a skiff through them, which is it's like a it's like a snowmobile, mm-hmm. but it's powered by a giant sail that you hold onto rather than like gas or something like that. But it's obviously the hot new thing that they put into this game. And look at all the cool things we can do with a skiff. And isn't the skiff fun to drive? And like every other line of dialogue is like, oh man, we got to get this thing and bring it back to the skiff. Yeah, guess we should get back to that skiff. It's going to be quite a skiff ride away from here. And there's just <laughs> skiff everywhere. And every single time they say it now, Tom and I just go, oh, there's a skiff in this game? Oh my God, I can't wait to ride the skiff. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like with Gears 5, it, you could just make a whole game out of just driving people across the desert sands in a skiff. Uh, maybe maybe the game is called Crazy Skiffy. <laughs> Skiffy Taxi. Skiffy Taxi. <laughs> Next up, Diablo cross Snake. The game where you just go around and eat things, but you can't eat your own butt. Um, it is just the game of Snake, but everything explodes into loot you can't use. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. Got that blue sword. <laughs> On to the next one. <laughs> I want it to be, so you're a snake in a dungeon, and it's just, you're avoiding all the other shitty loot, but you hear the, the sound of a ring dropping, and you hear that ding, and you're like... <gasps> Fucking where is it? And you're just snaking through. I gotta find the, it. Gotta the find whole it. game is chasing a treasure goblin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm gonna fucking eat you. I'm gonna fucking eat you. <laughs> cool. I like that. Holden, thanks for all of your participation in all these games you haven't played. <laughs> I haven't played haven't so played many of these games. Of you're on a video game podcast, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this next one, I've already decided what I want it to be, but I'd love to hear your guys' opinions as well. Kirby's Dreamland crossed with Doom. 
Ooh. It just, I it want just this. Doom. Okay. Was, go ahead. Go ahead. I want this doom. to be Kirby, but you still eat people, but instead of sucking them in and absorbing their powers, Kirby opens up its mouth like like um, Pennywise and it, and all the teeth. It's like, Aah! and it like fucking destroys them, tears them to shreds. Big bloody mess. But it's just Kirby going around and eating these tomato people and birds. See, it had to be third person, though, because it wouldn't work first person. Because think about that. Like, you'd open up your mouth really big, so in the game, you just start seeing the ceiling, and then it snaps. <laughs> <laughs> There's, You're like, right. some blood splatter. You're like, wait, did I get him? I think I got I, the blood splattered. I got him. I definitely got him. Yep. I, It'd be tough. I want it to just be Doom, as is. You're the Doom Slayer. You got all these demons on Mars, but you find a new gun that they are working on. It's called the BFK. The big fucking Kirby. <laughs> and you just shoot Kirby's out of everything. And they just <laughs> and they just suck in things. Then they just become these giant Kirby's and they're just walking around Mars now. And the whole point is to turn every demon into a fat Kirby. I'm into that. <laughs> or it could be a version of Kirby with the Doom Slayer just oh, yeah, he's brutalizing got a all the lovely little friendly little creatures in Kirby's <laughs> Instead of a double jump, you just Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Last game, Mario Party cross Mortal Kombat. I was really hoping you were going to say Saw. Uh, <laughs> I want to have um, mini games. You're just playing mini games. You're like you and your 12 year old nephew and the newborn baby. You all have Joy Cons in your hand. And you're just like, all right, let's go rip this guy's spine in two. Who can rip it the fastest? No, 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 no. Peel all the face off his skin. I want it to. I want it to be Mario Party as is. Like it's all colorful and happy and all that shit. But then every middle mini game is just everyone just mass massacring each other and ripping out like Mario's spine. <laughs> it's it's the same mini games. It'll be like you have to stay balanced on the ball or something like that. But you can move closer to people and like knock them off the ball. But when you do it, brutalizes them. You can rip oh, their yeah, spine yeah. out to get them off the ball. Did you count how many apples Yoshi was carrying? You got it fucking wrong, Charlie. And now your head's getting punched off by Sub-Zero. Fatality. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen, for playing. Now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. That's it for that game. And that's it for our podcast. Again, go to Respawn Name Fire's Patreon at patreon.com slash Respawn Name Fire. Become a patron. Get cool stuff. Influence what we play. Play with us every Tuesday night. Uh, What are we playing this week? Did we decide on anything? We'll we come up with something. No. We'll come up with something. Whatever we're playing on I'd Tuesday. I'd like to do Mario Kart at some point. We haven't done Mario Kart yet. Ooh. Oh, fuck. Maybe we'll, yeah, let's do Mario Kart on Tuesday. Ooh, yeah. I might have, we did Overcooked last week. Overcooked got stressful. Like I had to <laughs> stop. There were so many times where I was like, don't <laughs> scream at Alex. Don't scream at Alex. <laughs> don't fucking make Matt feel small. <laughs> uh, if, you guys, if you guys do Mario Kart, I, I might have to try and hop on after I record my podcast. Do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Tuesday nights, y'all. All right, $1. You can give us more if you want, but $1 is all it takes. Thank you so much for listening. Trevor, plug your shit. Where are you from? What do you do? Tell uh, me about your In case you haven't heard, I have a podcast called Difficulty Class that I host with my co-host, Allie Deichman, and we talk about Dungeons & Dragons and have a really good time. You should come listen follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class and on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast, and we'll just have some fun D&D times. Hot. Very hot. hot. Holden, where do people find you? Uh, I'm on a podcast called Respawning Fire. You might not have heard of it. I've heard that's really great. Mm, It's okay. Hot trash. (laughs) 
Garbage can on fire. Yeah, Woo! Chad's pretty cool, but the other guy's really obnoxious. He's just not worth listening to. Chad, Chad <laughs> for one of the for one of the Patreon months, can you just draw uh, Respawning Fire's logo as a garbage can on fire? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just do a garbage can on fire and we'll just make it those colors. And just, put and just tag my name it. at the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Until next week, here's our usual sign-off. Do you remember Anthem? <laughs>